On this episode of This is Game Boy, why did the two penguins jump when they first met? They were trying to break the ice. Welcome to another episode of This Is Game Boy, uh, where we spend the first ten minutes of the recording saying really good penguin jokes back and forth. Um, (laughs) I am E-Bloody Candy, and with me, as always during the big episodes, is Mullah. It is I. I am here. Uh, So before we dive into today's uh, very chilling episode... Uh, what have you been up to? I've been up to a lot, and I thought I was going to have a way too long list, and then I saw your list, and I was like, oh, <laughs> God, what is going on? Uh, so I'm just going to quickly go through it, because otherwise we're going to be here for five hours. Um, but I've been wrapping up some games I have flying around on, on newer systems, so I've been focusing on... What I had on PlayStation 4 for a while. Um, I got Platinum on Miles Morales, uh, East 9, Little Nightmares, plus a DLC, but that's not a Platinum trophy, that's normal trophies. Uh, Castlevania The Anniversary Collection, also no Platinum. Uh, Soma, I don't think that has a Platinum either. Uh, Rhyme, which had a Platinum. Abzu, which is one of the free games you can get right now. Uh, because of the whole play at home thing that that Sony is doing, uh, that game was an hour and fifty minutes, and I completed it. So it's it's not much. Uh, and I'm currently playing Tearaway Unfolded, but I'm not super liking it. It's a nice concept, but it got old really fast, and kind of wanted to be over. And I also have a problem getting a little bit nauseous after playing that for a while. I think it's because how the camera works in that game. Because uh, it's a quote-unquote port of a Vita game where you have to, like, move your Vita around and things like that. And, and I think the camera is not, like, for me at least, uh, I get some some motion sickness out of that. But yeah, that's uh, what I've been playing on PlayStation. Uh, I checked out a free game on Steam called Mandu vs. The Colorless Curse, which is a quote-unquote Game Boy game. Um... It's free, so check it out. It, it's actually pretty fun to play. I think I'm at the final stage, but I haven't finished it yet. Um, for Portable Pleasure, I was able to actually finish some games for once. Um, I've been doing all these long games, actually, and, and it's taken a while. Uh, but first I played Game Boy Gallery 2, uh, which is kind of a Japanese-exclusive one. But it also came out in Australia under the title Game Boy Gallery 3. But I don't know, like, these are hard to locate on, like, eBay and things like that, so I'm, I'm not sure uh, why they got it and, and nobody else got it. But this is a really cool one. Um, I'm trying to remember which the games are on there, because it's Game & Watch games, of course, uh, the old ones, but a newer version of them. Uh, it has Donkey Kong, uh, Ball, which is an unlockable game. Um, let me think... Parachute, uh, some kind of whack-a-mole thing, whatever. Like, it has very fun games, and unlike Game 
Boy, no, it's called Game and Watch Gallery. I think the first one, uh, the collection. Yep. Um, like, unlike that one, this one actually does have an ending. Like the other one should have an ending as well if you get twenty stars, but they don't unlock unless you're playing the Japanese version. Like it's a complete mess these games. But this one, if you have fifty stars, you get the first credits. There's also credits for completing it, getting 120 stars, but that means getting a thousand points in every single game and variety of said game, which is crazy to do. That it would take 100 million hours. Uh, so I just got the first credits, and it was really fun. I really liked all the games they had on this. Um, I've also played Rampart, which is uh, it's a fun game. I really love this concept. But it's pure RNG, um, so it's a fun game to actually play, but it's not a fun game to beat, if that makes any sense. Um, because you only have three lives, no continues, um, there are seven stages, but anything can go wrong very quickly if you just get the wrong parts to build your, uh, to build your castle. But I would check it out if you want to play a fun concept. I really actually enjoyed playing through that game. And if it was like a stage-based game with passwords, I would have loved to play more of it. But as it is right now, it's it wasn't that much fun to actually try and beat it. Because it was just waiting for a good RNG. Um, I've played a little bit of Gearworks and that game can... <laughs> Like, go to hell. Like, I absolutely hate it. Um, the concept is pretty simple and pretty fun, in my opinion. Like, you get a grid with packs and you can put uh, gears on that and you have to uh, make a path of gears so that all of them are uh, rotating, basically. that That's all you need to do. Um, but... This is a puzzle game, which has a lot of stages. Um, it has 12 worlds, each with 10 stages, I believe. Um, you only get a password if you finish the world, which is also fine. Like, up until that point, it's fine. But every stage is timed. Um, and you get packs of stages. It's not just one stage. It's like either three or four or maybe even five combined. Um, if you fail at, for instance, the fourth one out of the four, you have to restart from the first one, uh, which is always great in a puzzle game. Um, it is completely RNG-based. You never know which gears you're going to get. You just have to figure it out on the fly, which is hard because uh, because of how every stage is timed. It, it makes you mad. And not only that, you get three lives. So every time you have to go through all of these stages, hoping you get the right gears, just to be able to complete the puzzle, have to do it in time, have to be very quick about it, or you have to restart the entire world every time. It is a complete mess. I'm currently at world five, I believe, out of 12. I had to stop playing it because I was getting so mad at that game. And that hasn't happened since uh, Lolo, actually, which I also hate. Adventures of Lolo, oh, forgot, horrible, horrible game. game. Um, I, I hate it. I know a lot of people love uh, Lolo puzzle games, but I absolutely hate them. And the, in that one, at least you get a password after every stage. So, yeah, this this game is really grinding my gears, so to speak. Um 
I really don't want to continue it, but I'm going to have to, but I'm taking a break from it because it's driving me insane. So I, I have to be in a real good uh, space of mind. Is that how you say it? Um, yeah. To, to, yeah, to, to even want to play that game. Um, so yeah, that's been a while. It's since Adventures of Lolo, since I felt that way about a game. Um, and I'm already bad at puzzle games, so it's even more frustrating for me, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. I would not recommend this game to anybody. At all. Um, even if the concept is pretty fun in its own way. But, uh, yeah, you, you just don't make puzzle games with and time limits and uh, uh, RNG and lives. That's like the worst combo you can give for a puzzle game. Oh, uh, if One of each is fine, but not all of them put together. And especially not if you have to repeat so many stages yeah. just because of one tiny mistake. Um, and like I'll jump into another puzzle game I'm actually playing right now called Megalith, um, which probably nobody has ever heard of, but it's really cool. Um, you're basically a blob that is pulling blocks and you have to get every block down on the bottom floor. So you have to like build stairs because they can't fall more than one block down and things like that. Um, and there's two modes to this game, easy mode and quest mode. Easy mode is basically the tutorial. Um, you have an unlimited amount of time, you have an unlimited amount of lives. You can just learn how to play the game. Um, I think it took me like an hour and a half to beat that or something or two hours. I don't, I don't remember, it's 30 stages. And then there's a 30 stages of quest mode. There they do add a timer. But it's a good timer. Um, they give you plenty of time. Like, I have not seen a puzzle yet that I was like, oh, I'm never solving this in this amount of time. Um, yes, they do only give you three lives, sadly, as well. Um, but the thing about this one is every five stages you get a password. And if you know the solution for the puzzle, you can just do it. Like, even if you have to repeat some of them, you know the solution, so you can do it. It's no RNG, it's a set puzzle. So that is way better, and it uses basically the same principles as Gearworks, except for the RNG, and I actually really like Megalith. I love playing it, so... Um, that's definitely one everybody should check out if you, if you like puzzle games. Um, I've also played Lunar Lander, which is a game everybody should know. It's... That game where you land on the moon. Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's basically what Lunar Lander is. Uh, they did uh, make it a little bit different for the Game Boy version. Where first you have to do a little sequence where you launch into space. You only have to do that once uh, at the start of the game. Uh, then you get a moon map which has eight different spots you can land on. Uh, that one works exactly as Lunar Lander works, except for one thing, there are meteors that fall. They are complete RNG-based. They can spawn literally right next to you, which is not fun. Let me just tell you, it's it's not fun. Um, <laughs> so the, the way this game progresses is it has four missions, each with those eight landings. And once you've landed, you have to go around the grid where you have to search for an item or five, yeah, five items um, before you return to your uh, lander. Um, and you have a little radar that signifies where something might be hidden so you know where to uh, 
to dig. So that's a, that's another addition that this game does. Uh, for the first three missions, um, it's fine. Like you only have three lives in which you can do these uh, eight different stages, basically. Um, if you lose, you have to restart, but there's passwords for each mission. Um, and it's okay until the very last mission where good old RNG Jesus is back and you're probably gonna get hit by the meteors seven million times and having to redo the entire mission over and over and over again until you get lucky. Um, if it was just the landing part, it would be fine, but in the end, when you have to search for those items, the grid keeps expanding and expanding. So you start with a 2x2 two two grid, 3x3, three 4x4, three, four four, and then it's 5x5. Five five. And that part doesn't get harder, it's like the easiest thing you can do, but it just makes it a lot, a lot longer. And it takes about like more than an hour to do all those eight stages in mission four. So if you're at the final one, you just have to do one more landing and meteors keep spawning next to you. You have to restart the entire thing. So that does get frustrated, but I made it through it. So it just took a while, but I liked the game, but that was, they could have done it better that way, but. Yeah, whatever. It's it's a very simple game. It's one of the first Game Boy games ever made, I think. Um, they tried to do something different. Uh, and yeah, I, I think you should check it out at least. It was only released in Japan as well. Um, and, and speaking of Japan, we found a very cool game. Um, somebody requested some random Japanese game from our from my list uh, called and I don't know how to speak Japanese so uh, it's called Pokonyan Yumeno Daiboken uh, something so, Pokonyan at something adventure it was thing translated god is that a great game <laughs> it is so good i mean i loved it uh, i did run into some probably technical issues on my side uh, where the game soft-locked on me and I had to redo parts. Uh, but, wow, it's such a fun little quote-unquote puzzle platformer. Um, it's hard to describe, but you're basically going into dreams with a raccoon that has magic dust coming out of his tail, and you transform, tra <clears throat> transform enemies into like platforms or springs or... Uh, balls you can jump on or, or move around and you have to collect all the what was it uh, keys to yeah to unlock a chest at the end and then you get a seat and once you've gotten all the seats you go into the final world where you have to do the same thing um, yeah I, I think it's like a two-hour game uh, it took me almost four because of the soft logs but I didn't even mind the soft locks because I was having so much fun playing the game. I would have loved to have played more, but um, yeah, absolutely check out that game. Uh, but if you want to get a copy, it's one of the more rare games on Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, it uh, was a limited limited release in Japan only. So if you can find a copy for under $100, it might be worth the snag in it because it's probably going to go up in price. But it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a big if you can find a copy. I, I found one, and it was expensive. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very expensive. But yeah, an absolutely amazing game. I'm glad uh, somebody picked it because I've I had never heard of it. Uh, it's always nice when somebody picks like a Japanese game and it's like really really good. 
Uh, so yeah, that, that's uh, definitely one you should uh, try to play. Uh, played another Japanese-only game called Booby Boys. Booby uh, Boys. Yep, all, all the boobies all the time. Uh, this is like, I, it's a, either a port or a sequel to the NES game Booby Kids, uh, which I think... <laughs> Yeah, which which did come out in, in outside of Japan, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it's it's basically if you ever played Heiankyo Alien or anything like that, it's it's like a grid where you can dig holes and enemies can fall into them, and you have to collect something to move on to the next stage. Uh, that's basically what this game is, but a way more streamlined version of that concept. Uh, you have weapons, uh, you do not fall into your own holes. Like, that. that is already a godsend. Yep. Um, you do have lives, but... Um, I don't remember if you start from the same stage or just the same world. Like, it doesn't matter. You, you have plenty you start of opportunities. The, you start from the same stage if you die. And then when you yeah. game over, it gives you a long password, but it saves it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, like, this game has six worlds, I believe, each with ten stages, I think. And each uh, ten stages is a boss fight. Um, I, I really had a lot of fun with this game. Like, it was over before I knew it. it. It's very easy. I did play it on easy mode. There's three difficulties. The default is easy, so... I just played it on that, but I had a lot of fun with this game. You beat um, it pretty quick, too. Yeah, like a, an hour and a half or something like that. It, it's really fun. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I liked Heiankyo Alien, but that one got very scary very fast because, like, it's it gets a lot harder. But this one, like, stays kind of the same the entire game. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. Like, it's not a spectacular game or anything, but if you're looking for one of those types of... How do you call them? Top-down collectathons or something? I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's, like a, it's almost like a... It's like a, it's like a collecting puzzle. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, like a Pac-Man grid. Like, uh, whatever. Like, it's just Hayon one of those. Hayonko Alien can suck it, first of all. This game looked way better. So, <laughs> I didn't like it is way better. Alien, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a really fun game. It, it just expands on the concept and does it well. So uh, yeah. I don't know how Booby gets this. Uh, I don't maybe think. it's literally the same game. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the, <laughs> everybody just loves how it's called. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, after that, the final Game Boy game I played basically was Reservoir Rats. Uh, I can't pronounce that well. Uh, Reservoir. Lex is gonna make fun Re of me Reser again. Reservoir Rats, aka for, for aka rats in America. Rats, yeah. For a Belgian Dutch speaking person, an alliteration in English with with a lot of R's in it is really hard to pronounce because we we tend to go to a like more W sound when it comes to R's. So it's Reservoir Rats. See if I pay attention, I can pronounce. Other, otherwise, it's gonna be Wazerwa Wet. <laughs> that's that's just how it's gonna come out. Uh, so yeah, this is a fun. What is it actually? <laughs> uh, instead of a top-down collectathon game, this is a this is just a straight two D platforming collectathon game. Uh, you are a rat and you have a machine gun. Yeah, that's that's you heard that correctly. You have a machine gun, um, and you go into a stage, and there's like 
snacks spread out and you have to collect all of them and then the door to the exit opens. Uh, you can also enter bonus stages if you kill every enemy you come across throughout the stages before a bonus level would appear. Uh, and after each 15 stages, I believe, you get into a boss fight. Um, this is a fun game. It has okay music, but the problem is that because the same music plays for so many stages, you get really tired of it. Um, plus, all the music is basically a song you know, but with a few notes changed <laughs> so that they could use it, I think. Yeah, it's so weird, but it, like it's catchy music, but you don't want to hear it for like half an hour. And this game has sadly 75 stages, like it's totally overstays its welcome. Um, five stages, even 10 stages in each world would have been more than enough, but yeah, it took me like what four hours to beat this game but just because it has so many stages uh, not even because it, it's harder it looked fun like i it reminded me a lot of like bug it, it reminded me a lot of bugs bunny's crazy castle if bugs bunny was able to like defend himself yeah yeah something like that indeed uh it reminded me of old uh apogee dos games actually. oh yeah yeah uh like things like commander keen or secret Agent man or uh duke nukem yeah. like not 3d but like the original the old, duke the nukem. old platforming side scrolling duke nukem. yeah like it, it it's it's i think it's made in the same vein as those types of games and it is a game like that but it just overstays its welcome um, but yeah, there's nothing special to it. It's just a very fun, uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever those types of games are. Um, I had a lot of fun playing it, but it just took way too long for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all the normal things I've been playing. And because of a thing we will talk about later, uh, I have been doing Darkwing Duck and eSparks, uh, eSpeedruns. Uh, I'm practicing, but uh, we'll, we'll come back to that later, I guess. Darkwing uh, Duck. Yeah, it's been going well, actually. Good. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much everything I've been up to, which was a lot. Uh, but now here comes EBC with an even longer list, apparently. It's rare. Uh, it's rare yeah. that I do more stuff than you, especially gaming-related. Yeah, yeah, and I did a lot this time yeah. around. So, like, I don't even know how I got the time to do all of this, but yeah. So I've been doing what I've called the month of retro. So like I've kind of ne neglected retro gaming with the exception of the games we play for the podcast for like six months. And it's like, you know what? A lot of you have watched me and followed me for retro games. Like I'll give you a month just dedicated to retro stuff. Um, so um, NES alone, we've done Mega Man 3. Popeye, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Darkwing Duck, and Caveman Games. By the way, Darkwing Duck, like, casual playthrough for me is about, like, 25 minutes. No big yeah, deal. Like <laughs> no big deal. Um, but NES got put on hold because I actually uh, just bought an RGB modded NES now. Um so I'm I'm excited to get back into NES games that are crispy because RGB modded consoles have spoiled me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we'll be going back into NES in a bit. 
I did, I do, I unfortunately do have an issue with it, though. Like, I have the adapter for Famicom to 72 pin, which is the NTSC carts. And the adapter wants to wiggle on its own, which then, like, locks up my game. Yeah. So I was just like, well, fine. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell my NES Nate, my NTSC Nate, and I bought a, uh, a Famicom Nate Pro. So alleviate yeah. that problem real quick. Um, it's a, it's good. I have one as well. Do you have the Nate Pro? Oh no, not Pro, just normal. Oh, just one. a normal but, one. I got yeah, the Pro because it was like Famicom one. It was like fifteen dollars more, and I was like, whatever. Sure. What does that add though? It's a real time clock, uh, faster processing, um, no lag menu. I can put more files into a folder. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff okay. too. Sure. So something with like sound chips and shit like that. Right. Right. <laughs> Ding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, I pulled out the Sega Saturn. Uh, for those that don't know, I had a Sega Saturn as a kid that I never got to play, uh, but I still have my childhood Sega Saturn. So I pulled that out <laughs> and played uh, Three Dirty Dwarves, which is a comical. Uh, beat uh, beat them up. It's based off of basically like the government's training these kids to become like super soldiers, and the kids are playing D and D, Dungeons and Dragons. If you live under a rock, and their characters are like this warrior, some like alchemy guy, and some hunter, and basically they they roll a nat twenty. The the three D and D characters port into the real world, and then are in a sports shop and one character shoots a shotgun another one bolt bowls a bowling ball the other one hits baseballs at people it's a very comical game um then i played space jam which exactly what it sounds like it's a basketball game uh with some mini games in it uh, i beat i beat the monsters 260 to 130 so uh <laughs> Just, just took him to town. <laughs> um, <laughs> then I play. Oh God! Then I played Mortal Kombat Two on the Sega Saturn. <laughs> oh boy! I forgot how hard. I forgot. A. I forgot how bad I was at fighting games, and B. I forgot how hard Mortal Kombat Two on the Sega Saturn was. Uh, that game took me like an hour, hour and a half to, to, to get through. And it was only because of one fight. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mo knows what I I'm know talking about. <laughs> yeah, Kintaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sucks. Well, yeah. I, I did find out that you could freeze him with Sub-Zero. Oh, that's something. Yeah, so that made the fight easier once I figured that out, but... Yeah. yeah, and I'm pretty sure, and I don't know if it's that version, but I know there is at least one version of Mortal Kombat 2 on console that literally reads your inputs. Like, like absolutely reads your inputs. So you, even getting through it would be hard. I don't know if it's a sadder one, but I just know there is one that does yeah, that. I have and, no idea. Uh, it's hard regardless. Enough. I'm just not good at fighting games. Like, that, honestly, mm. like it, what, at the end of the day... And you'll find out here next that I am not good at fighting games. <laughs> um, so, Saturn was done. I have a few more games for the Saturn I'm going to play through. But uh, then we jump into Super Nintendo. I played Beavis and Butthead, which is honestly probably one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. Uh, 
Um, most people hate that game, but it is. I love it. Um, then I played Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was suggested by... Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry I'm going to butcher your name, but uh, uh, Ixoran. I-X-O-R-A-N. Um, but he's a, he's a listener of the podcast. He was, in the, he was in my chat, and he's like, I don't know, let's pick... Uh, Pile pile three or like pile five, third from the top or something like that because I didn't know what else I wanted to play, <laughs> and it was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and uh, holy smokes, is that game good? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the beat 'em up, the 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 base beat 'em up with Trini yeah. and and Kimberly and them. Holy smokes, is that game good? And the soundtrack is so good. Oh man. Highly recommend it. I even speed ran it, um, and I'm not last in it. So there's that. Yay! Uh, super good game. Then I played Home Alone, and honestly, I liked it. I like Home Alone on the Super Nintendo. Now, counter, I hate it on the Game Boy. <laughs> it sucks on the Game Boy, but it's a lot of fun yeah, on the Super Nintendo. Home Alone One is just not good on Game. Well. Yeah. <laughs> It's too long. That's the issue. If it was a little bit shorter, it's too long, know. and Kevin's too slippery. He slides. Yeah, that's, maybe that's, I don't remember. That's the I problem remember. with Home Alone on Game Boy is that Kevin slides and you can't stop him, and he doesn't jump as high as he does in the Super Nintendo version. The Super Nintendo version is the superior version. Just play that one. Uh, then I played Mortal Kombat three on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh boy. This was a two and a half hour endeavor because of because of one fight. Hmm, let me guess. Motaro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've played these games so much when I was a kid oh. that I just can't, you, you can't freeze you can't if you do any projectiles to him, it just reflects back into you. Yeah. Um I found so the only way I was able to beat the game was I enabled more more cheats, which is a menu right, that pops yeah. up and it gives you fifty credits instead of five credits. So there's something mm-hmm, crazy mm-hmm. with Mortal Kombat three for the Super Nintendo. Is if you put it on easy, the first time that you fight one of the fighters, they're still set to medium or hard. They're not oh, on wow. easy until you game over to them. If oh, you game weird. if you game over to them, then they are set to easy. Except Montaro and the last guy, Shao Sin, Shao Sung, whatever the hell his name Shao is. Shao Kahn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those two, that rule does not apply for. They're just set to hard no matter what. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's very easy to see if you play the game. Like those are always just Stupid heart, no yeah. matter what uh, what uh, difficulty you're on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of troubles with three. Two I could finish, but three I don't think I ever. Finished yeah. When so I was a kid. so with three, like I like I said, I'm not good at fighting games, so I would just lose all the time the first time I fought somebody and have to use a credit. You only get four credits, so by the time you get to Montaro, you're out of credits, because yeah. So I was like, well, what the hell with this? Like, there's got to be a cheat code for more credits. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all I wanted was more credits, uh, but yeah. I beat it. It, it. It's Mortal Kombat. It's whatever. 
Uh, I the love fate- the sheet goes for MK3 and MK3U. I think it's 3U, yeah. Yeah, Ultimate. Ultimate. Well, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. I, I love those. Uh, especially because you can do hyper fighting, I think, yeah. is one of the things. And then it's basically turbo mode. And, and it's it's so much more fun than turbo mode. Uh, yeah, you can do, like, one-button fatalities and stuff like or that. Or, yeah, those yeah. are fun. Yeah. Great cheat codes. Yeah. And then uh, I had the brilliant idea of, after Mortal Kombat, to play Street Fighter 2. <laughs> World Warrior, which is the original Street Fighter 2 for this NES. Yep. Uh, oh, man, that one is so slow. Man, that game sucks, too. <laughs> <laughs> I am it's not... just slow. <laughs> Oh, I am man. not good at fighting games, and I it took me forty five minutes to figure out how to how to shore you can on Ryu. <laughs> right, because like you have to do like the down quarter circle forward punch or whatever, and I'm just like I'm doing that. Yes, hello, I'm doing that on a D pad, and it just does nothing. It's it's I hate I hate any fighting game that deals with controls like that. <laughs> uh, I beat it. M. Bison's an idiot. He sucks as well to fight, but I ch- cheesed it with Blanca and was c- good to go after that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And then I had the even better idea of playing Samurai Showdown after that, uh, which is actually a super cool game, honestly. Is, uh, yeah. Samurai Showdown on Super Nintendo is a lot of fun, and it's easy, too, on top of that. Um, it took me 45 minutes to be Samurai Showdown. The only problem I have with Samurai Showdown is the graphics. Like, graphically, it's, it's, there's de- there's, there's too much detail to the game. Because it looks very muddied in certain areas because of all of the detail that they're trying to put into the game. <laughs> but it, it is a fun game, though. It is a very, very fun game. With some super cool cutscenes. Um, and the and the final boss has a has a attack that will just instantly one shot you, <laughs> as I found out. So, um, and th- then I played Shaq Fu, <laughs> <laughs> which I used to speed run. So I was like, oh, this won't be too bad. No, I lost the final boss of Shaq Fu for like the next thirty minutes. And I was like, oh my god. I'm like, I used to speedrun this game. What's happening? So, uh, I I played Shaq Fu for about 45 minutes before I finally beat it. Uh, but it's Shaq Fu, so it's it's fine. <laughs> right. Then, I played the N64, unfortunately. Uh, the first, I love fighting games, apparently. The first game I played was Powerpuff Girls Chemical Extraction. Which, if you've never played Powerpuff Girls Chemical Extraction, it's an arena fighting game. Think of, um... Alright. It's a, it's an arena fighting game. It's instead of, like, the 2D fighting side-by-side, you can wander around a room and throw stuff at each other. Then once you collect three chemical X's, you can shoot eye lasers at the enemy. Um, okay. It's a really crappy game. It's really laggy. It's really, really easy. All you have to do is just fly kick... But it's Powerpuff Girls. You really can't expect a ton from the Powerpuff Girls, uh, especially in that kind of setting. Although the Game Boy Color Powerpuff Girls are lit. Super fun (laughs) games. They don't look good, but they're super fun. Then I played WWF No Mercy. 
And we get to see Stone Cold Steve Austin in a green bikini. Uh, because he won, he won the woman's title and there was a, there was a, so the game doesn't like stop you from, it'll allow you to be a man going for a woman's title and a woman going for a men's title. So I was playing a stone cold Steve Austin because I played this on March 16th and I went to get the women's title with Stone Cold, and one of them was a bikini contest, and Stone Cold came out in a green thonged bikini, and it was probably <laughs> the most comical thing I've seen in my life. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was a thing, uh, and then I won the, the the main title with The Rock, of course. So, uh, and then I played Pokemon Snap. Which I Pokemon Snap is always like the perfect chill game for me. As, as much yeah. as I hate the N sixty four, Pokemon Snap will always forever be like that game I can just lean back in my chair and just play over and over and over again for hours on end. <sighs> Almost done. Game Boy. I played Poke Neon Yume no Dabukin as well. Uh, it took me about two hours two and a half hours to beat i had yeah. no i had no soft locking issues at all mm-hmm. when i played it but the issue with that game is that it takes forever for it to load because of the super game boy borders um yeah but we already talked about it, but it's a super fun game then i got to play yonkin man again because i apparently never played it for game boy adventure so ah. i was like well cool that's a quick seven minute game so <laughs> yep. nothing much to talk about yonkin man uh, then I oh god that I played Chase HQ. I have not I haven't been this mad at a game since Mario Land Two. It was getting <laughs> to the point where I was about to chuck the controller because the controls in that game are absolute trash, and the hitboxes they either exist or they don't, and the enemy can go through cars, and I can't, and oh my god, this game was infuriating. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up on my list because I know I beat it. Uh, it took me 34 minutes. It took me an uh, hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, and, and my notes are... Fun little arcade-style racer. Weird hitboxes, though, so... <laughs> Oh. So yeah, there's something with the hitbox. I don't remember, but yeah, apparently there's something with the hitbox. Like I would drive past the car, then all of a sudden, like I would hit the car, end up in the post, and spin out. And it's like, what? Okay, well I apparently hit that car somehow. So, and then I played probably, arguably, maybe my new favorite Game Boy game, and that is Masakari Denet Denzet Denzetsu. Kentaro Action Hen. That's a mouthful. Uh, basically, you're this samurai guy that walks that stead fights. It's a it's a it's a two D platforming game, uh, but it's super fun. And there's a lot of depth to the game as well because it has sumo wrestling in it. If I was going to win one of most raffles, I was going to make him play this game, unknowing that it was a good game, because I saw that it has <laughs> sumo wrestling. If Mo's not oh. help, if Mo's not helping me with Hari Manada, so I was gonna make him play a sumo wrestling game out of spite, and then I ended up playing this game. I was like, "Whoa, this game is super good!" <laughs> so, um, yeah, very good sprite work, dude. The music in this game at the end, 
Oh, so good. So good. I hope you get to play the game eventually. I oh, well, I will have to, yeah. So good. Uh, the game took me about, on a second playthrough, took me about an hour and a half still. So it's a pretty long game, too. Hmm. Okay. Um, has ten stages. Ten long stages. Uh, and then I did some Game Boy homebrews. I played uh, Quest Arrest by John Rue. Uh, I forgot one a couple days ago. Cool little game. Uh, it has issues. Um, they needed to spell check the manual, first of all. There were a lot of misspellings in the manual. <laughs> um, and then they needed... They really needed to flush out the combat in Quest Arrest. I don't, I'm not going to spoil the game, because I know we have some listeners that actually have it and want to play through it, but they needed to iron out the combat a bit for it to be like a really, really good game. But for what it was, it wasn't bad. The dialogue was cute. They could have toned down the swearing a bit, but for the most part, it was cute. Um, and the story itself was actually pretty decent. Um, and it had multiple endings, which was pretty ambitious for a, 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 a GB Studio creation. Uh, this was made by a couple of people in a GB Studio. So, and for what it was, it, it was good, you know. I have a physical copy of them. It's sitting here right on my desk. Um, and then I played DMG Deals Damage, which our producer Lakes and I blind raced at launch. This game was released on the 30th birthday of the Game Boy, and basically you play as the old DMG Great Brick. You go around destroying other mobile devices that have come up since then, so like the Tamagotchi, <laughs> the Engage, and things like that. Uh, it's fun until you hit like the level 24. Then it's just pure. It's just super infuriating at that point. Um, cause there's just so much stuff on the screen that could happen and you can spawn into a room and immediately take damage. It's ugh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it hurts your thumbs really bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. A lot of foam brews, uh, are coming out. Yeah. I'm on uh, cards even. I'm hoping to play some horror ones either after we're done recording or tomorrow i want to play a deadius uh, neighbor and there's a few others i want to play as well uh and then outside of actual playing games i have been making a game in gb studio so i've been uh i've been trying to figure out how to use gb studio and how to basically make things work and uh I've made a, a lot of progress in uh, understanding how sprites work, how sprite animation works, uh, fight mechanics, fight collisions, etc. So I am actually making a game right now in GB Studio, uh, which is uh, it's actually kind of exciting to think about. I don't know how I want to do music yet, because I am not good with music, but it'll be something. Maybe I'll, I'll have a friend help me. But yeah, was, oh, and I've been making thumbnails. If you haven't followed that <laughs> debacle, God damn! <laughs> oh, I've remade forty thumbnails at least three times now. So I've been on, I've been uploading everything to YouTube, trying to get all the retro stuff out to YouTube as well too. So if you do follow my YouTube, you've probably seen a plethora of retro content going out there, along with Assassin's Creed Valhalla videos. We're on like episode twenty of thirty-seven right now, so. I've just been 
busy. <laughs> I have no free time at all right now. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Well, that's an hour intro, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the rare the the rare time that I have more going on than Mo. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've not been doing that much besides uh, playing those games. Like, I've been reading a lot, but that doesn't... Like, I mean, that yeah. <laughs> that's not being uh, productive or anything. I'm just reading. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, I've been finishing some... Uh, some Stephen King novels, and I've, I've uh, gotten... Quite a few of the original Turtles comics in the collections, and I've been reading through those. Like, I, like yeah, I'm, I'm they, a little tired of constantly working on stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I've I've been doing some reading. I usually try and read before I go to sleep. I I I yeah. like halfway through the Death Note manga series right now, uh, yeah. which is great sleeping material, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, it's fine. I mean, like, yeah. Stephen King isn't the greatest sleeping material. Either. True. I mean, True. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I I finished up the Dark Tower series finally, because uh, that's like what three thousand pages in total yeah, or something like one. that. So so that that was long. Uh, I read. Uh, let me see. Um, the Eyes of the Dragon, which I... Is the... And this is weird to say, but it's the least Stephen King book I've ever read in my life. Like, it, it doesn't feel like a Stephen King book. That's it was alright, but it, it just wasn't that's Stephen cause King. That's because he's off drugs. He probably was definitely off drugs by yeah. then, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, that one was... It felt like I was reading a story of somebody else. Uh, it's literally a, a fantasy medieval story, and that's not something for me. To begin with, I don't like those kind of stories, uh, but I had it lying around, and it was Stephen King, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, like, The Dark Tower, you could also say is, like, medieval sci-fi, but not really. Like, totally not. So, uh, yeah, that one I actually did enjoy. Um, I, I like Stephen King a lot. He's he's definitely one of my favorite authors, but the, the last book of his I read was the, was the Mr. Mercedes series. Yeah, yeah, those are amazing. I love those. Uh, but yeah, those are also a bit, little bit weird for Stephen King. But, yeah, yeah, uh, those are out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I read Cujo. I love Cujo. Well, that's a good game. Or good, 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 good book. <laughs> good, good, good game. movie. Good movie. A good book. Yeah. Um, and currently, I'm reading Carrie, which is his very oh, first book. Uh, I like that and book a lot. I like the book. I do not like the physical book uh, because I don't know who did the layout for that one. Um, but it has huge letters. Yeah. It has almost no paragraphing. It I don't know. Like Carrie is like a what one hundred and eighty pages book or something. Like yeah. it's it's pretty short for Stephen King. This one is three hundred fifty pages <laughs> just because they used such a big font. A giant and font. it it's not readable. It's it's so hard to get through. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, but Carrie, yeah, the, the book Carrie itself is fun. Carrie and Pet Cemetery is probably my two favorite Stephen King books. So uh, did I read? I think I read Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, I have a list with everything I've read. I actually wanted to get the stand first, uh, because I've seen the, the new miniseries, uh, and I was like, I should actually read that book sometime. Oh, have, yeah, you, now, have you read Doctor Sleep? Yeah. Have you seen the movie? Yeah. Uh, the movie is 700 times better than the actual book, because I hate that book. Like, it's it, the worst Stephen I, King book, in my opinion. I haven't read the book... Because I was like, well, like nothing's going to top The Shining. Like, why does The Shining need a sequel? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, I, no, I'm like, I'm not going to read the book. And I saw it, but then I was like, oh, the movies. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'll go watch the movie. You know, like mm-hmm. the movie wasn't bad. Like I had yeah, I like no, it. I had no hope for it at all. But it Me wasn't neither, bad because I hated the book actually. But yeah. Oh really? Yeah. See, I, cause yeah. I'm, I'm just like The Shining didn't need a sequel. Like, why are we getting a sequel to The Shining? But uh, the movie wasn't bad. I would recommend the movie. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great... like, And it, it ties into the Kubrick uh, yeah. movie. Because there's also the TV movie, which, in my opinion, is better uh, than the Kubrick one. But th- for different reasons. Like it's, it, The Kubrick... The Shining is actually not really like the book at all. But, no. but whatever. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But if you want the truer version, you should watch the TV mini movie or whatever they call it. It's on The Shining. Yeah. But yeah, good good follow-up movie. Hate the book. Hate, hate, hate it. Like, I've never hated a book in my life so much as Dr. Sleep. I don't know why. I, I own it. I, I bought it for like $2 at a thrift store. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to read it. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I need to get through, I need to get through Death Note, and then I need to get through the rest of my Zelda mangas as well too. If you didn't know, The Legend of Zelda had mangas, mm-hmm. by the way, that are based off of the games. Uh, they're they're okay, they're mediocre at best. And then Assassin's Creed just came out with a new one, so you know, of course, I gotta read that so yeah and the kirby manga english version is available for pre-order right now it's on true Amazon. that is uh, true. and it's like it's like eight bucks or something so yeah. i would do that <laughs> i don't know what it's what's in it but i would just do it why not it's I, kirby i have <laughs> seen pages of the kirby manga in japanese and yeah i'm curious let's yeah. just say that. you know i'm yeah. curious and for such a cheap one, why not? Yeah. Really? It's like 150 pages, I think, like which is normal for a, for a man, manga volume. Uh, yeah. So, and normal price, so. Yeah. I'm yep. interested in that. But, yeah, so on top of everything else that mode I've been doing, we've been reading <laughs> yeah. as well, too. Uh, and then on top of the Game Boy database and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, that as well. So, it, it's just busy. Like, it, like... It, like, Dr. Wise Revenge was, what, like a week and a half late going out, a week late? I don't remember how long. Like, my light is going to be late going out, because I haven't given legs my recording yet. It's just, mm-hmm. we've been so busy <laughs> with stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll get back on track eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, with that giant long intro that I know you all are excited to listen to, uh... Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Amazing Penguin, if you haven't figured out the uh, from the awesome jokes that we had at the start of this episode. Um, we'll be talking about Amazing Penguin and more detail about 
the Amazing Penguin when we return. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so yeah, Amazing Penguin came out in uh, Japan first as oh, I am so good at pronouncing Japanese games. <laughs> Osa, 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 Oh, yep. Uh, <laughs> Osa Penguin Boy, I think. Nailed it. <laughs> Probably not, but yes, something. Like that. Um, Came out August 8th of 1990. Uh, and then the U.S. would get it in December of 1990. And the poor Europeans are always the last to get the game in 1991. Yeah. Um, developed by, developed and published by, Net, by Netsume. And I love Netsume games, period. Yeah, they're great. Uh, Netsume has done a ton of of stuff uh spanky's quest and tailgater uh is just a couple of their other games for game boy ninja guide and shatter they were a developer for uh they did um they did they developed mighty more from power rangers which we talked about earlier or i talked about earlier so they they've, mm-hmm. they've they've done a lot of super cool games and a lot of really really memorable good games as well too for a lot of different platforms um, something cool about this game as well, too, is that we actually know the composer, uh, for this game. We have, uh, Iku, Iku Mizutani and Korechi Yama, Yaman, Yamanishi. God, I'm so good at pronouncing Japanese names. <laughs> um, I believe these were Nasumi composers <clears throat> just in general. Iku Mizutani was indeed, uh, the main sound composer or... And programmer, sound programmer, probably for uh, Natsumi, but uh, Natsume. But uh, they also did some music for Konami. Um, I'm just looking really quick to uh, their. Uh, well, Mitsuni did the, the, the did Metal Gear on on on, uh, on MSX. MSX. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Shadow of the Ninja, of course, that's Natsume. Uh, for NES, uh, Spanky's Quest Tailgater. Uh, for Game Boy, uh, Sagaya for Master System, Sega he Master did Snatcher System as well too. Uh, the music for Power Rangers for Super Nintendo, uh, so but yeah, they, they have been done a lot of uh, things. And uh, the last one they did was actually something for Mega Man: The Legacy Collection too for PC, uh, which Man. has the same music as Sutter versions uh, as far as i know so yeah just yeah. mega man legacy collection 2 uh yeah and, and Yam- yamanishi was another worker for natsume i believe as well uh yes. just looking at their gamography they didn't do at least they're not credited for a lot of games in a way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, amazing penguin shadow ninja world boxing and dragon fighter uh are the ones listed here so it's either they either dipped out early and pursued a different career, pursued a different line of work or retro games being retro games. And they weren't credited in a lot of their stuff. So, but uh, yeah, this game actually has a story. 
Yep, um, which is in the manual, so uh, I'll go over that. Luckily, we do have the manual for this one in our database, so if you want to see it, definitely go to uh, sprintingalex.com slash gbdb slash manuals, or just yeah, yeah, gbmanuals.com. It's, it's gbmanuals.com. GB I, I use it often. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just have a, a bookmark. So, But yeah, it goes to sprintinglegs.com, of course. Uh, but yeah, it, it's on there. So if you want to see it yourself, uh, you can do so. <clears throat> but here is the amazing penguin story. The kingdom of the penguins has been invaded by the enchanted forces of the wizard Bourbon the Great. Animated pencils, erasers, crayons, and metal clips <laughs> block the passageways of the realm. None of the penguins dare to cross the paths and the kingdom is at a standstill. The king sent his son, Prince Pendrich, to defeat the armies of the sorcerer. Pendrich is the fastest and strongest of the penguin folk. Only the prince can stop the evil invasion of the Bourbon's forces and return peace to the land. <laughs> I love that the penguins are scared of pencils, erasers, crayons, and metal clips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a weird, uh, <laughs> weird enemy lineup you have going there. <laughs> oh man so yeah uh you would have never known what the plot or what the story was just by playing the game uh mm -hmm. the, the game takes on a top-down view and it's kind of like kicks qix if you've ever played kicks it's very it's kind of similar to kicks where you uh in this game you 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 have set outlines that you have to navigate your penguin. I already forgot his name. Um, Pendrich. Pen, 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 Pendrich. You have to navigate Pendrich on these outlines that are already set for you in the game. Um, and by doing so, you collect what are called like these, these seals, I believe they're called. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And every time that you touch a seal, it reverses the enemies on the board. So if you have an enemy coming south... If you touch a seal, the enemy would now start going north or up the screen. Um, and then your goal, the the goal to beat the level is to break all the seals. Uh, basically, break yeah. the ice, uh, so to speak. Uh, the controls are pretty simple. Uh, a kicks ball. So as you play throughout the stages, there's going to be these black balls that are also on the black lines. You press, you walk up to one, you press A, you kick it, and it kicks it into an enemy. That's your goal. Uh, and it kills the enemy. However, the enemy will respawn back in. Uh, yes. Approaching the ball or a seal. If you press B, it destroys the ball or destroys the seal. Uh, you use your D-pad to move across the lines on the board. Now, there is some quirk to this game. You have to be fairly accurate with going you know, on the lines when they're inside the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're like, if you're doing like a perimeter outside, it's not, the, the controls aren't too bad. They're pretty fluid. But once you get to like the inside, like when there's a lot of like turns and a lot of edges, uh, your, 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 your penguin will get stuck a little bit or it'll be like one pixel too, too early or too late and you just won't turn. And sometimes you'll just get stabbed by a pencil. Um, so there is some like quirkiness to the movement and there's also a little bit of quirkiness to kicking the balls as well too i've noticed that when i play the game if i'm too close to the ball pendrich just doesn't kick the ball 
And if I'm obviously too far away from the ball, Pendridge doesn't kick the ball. So you have to be kind of like in that in-between area, like kind of by the ball as well too. So there's a little like quirkiness to the game to get used to, uh, which you do get used to within the first like 10 levels of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to be clear, we're talking about we're not talking about the animal seal, uh, or no, even no, the yeah. se- or even the singer seal. Uh, we're we're talking about like a seal to close something off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah, you're so not the, you're not so, clubbing seals in this game or anything like that. Yeah, no, 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 no. So to give a a, a better depiction of what you're looking at here, think of uh, if you've ever played Break the Ice, like the the board game Break the Ice, uh, or if you know what looking at a piece of paper and you draw a big square and then a bunch of little squares inside of it, random sizes. That's kind of what you're looking at with Amazing Penguin. And then randomly draw a white circle on some of those lines and some black circles on some of those lines. The white circles are what we're referring to as seals. These are literally just things that when you touch them or break them, they break the connection or the seal between that square and the next square. Yeah. So... There you go. There's your artistic description of the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you beat the stage by getting rid of all of the seals on the on the screen, and you can also uh, kill enemies as well too by breaking a breaking a block like a full ice block while the enemy is on uh, that block as well, or traversing on that block. However, the enemy will respawn. Um, every few stages you do get a cute little picture, which is actually, they're absolutely adorable. Uh, yeah. you get a new picture on stages 12, 20, 28, and 36. Uh, and so four, I believe as well. Yeah. And I think four, uh, and you can actually start seeing the picture start to develop as you start breaking all of the seals and start chipping away all the blocks of the ice from the screen. <laughs> Uh, you can start seeing that background image uh, start to show, and uh, yeah, once you break them all, you can see the full image. It's it's really cute. Uh, super yeah. recommend, obviously. Yeah, something to keep in mind. This is basically a game about scoring as well. So yes. um, it, it kind of depends on what you're doing, how much score you get, and every. 10,000 points, I think you get an extra life. Yep. Uh, but here's something I did not know or did not realize while playing this game until I read the manual myself. Um, every stage has like two panels, I call them, um, where you can see a little heart um, in them. And I never really knew what they did. But apparently, if you can destroy the seals in such a way uh that are like bordering these two panels and both of them flip over at the same time the ones with the hearts uh you get a special bonus and the bonus could either be thousand points or just straight a one-up uh but yeah i never realized that was actually a thing um yep so so that was nice to read in in the manual and another thing i had no idea about and i i not even sure if uh, the person who's speedrunning this Ariel knows about this, but the manual says it at least. There are a couple of stages where there are actually invisible paths that you can walk over. Uh, which I never saw or, or accidentally saw, but that is very interesting, actually. Ne- I never encountered an invisible passage. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> the yeah. more you know. 
Yeah, so like what Mo was saying, like this game is very score-driven um, because as you get later on into the game, you're going to lose lives. <laughs> there yeah. there are some hell stages to be had in this game for sure. Uh, but like most of every 10,000 points, you get a one-up. Um, the points starts really slow like just destroying a seal is 10 points um opening a panel or breaking the ice is 100 points um where you start getting a lot of your points is with your time remaining so every stage has a time limit uh to complete and you receive 10 points for every three remaining seconds left on the clock kind of random as three but that's that's how it is um so the faster you complete the stage, obviously the more points you get, and the more points you get, the more lives you're going to get. Um, there are 40 stages in this game, and they start from uber easy, and they go to uber hard. Very, uh, Not very quickly. The The actual like difficulty curve to this game is actually quite fair, in my opinion, with the exception mm-hmm. of stage 37. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, nobody likes that stage. It's it's a complete mess. Um, in this game, if you don't finish by the time limit, by the time expiration, or if you do get hit because it's one hit death in this game, uh, you do start the stage completely over again, where you have to go collect the seals if you've already collected seals in the game. If you do game over in this game, you can use a password system. However. You don't get a password for every single stage. Uh, you get a password for stages 1, 2, 3, 5, 9, 13, 17, 21, 26, 29, 33, and 37. <laughs> so if yeah. you die on stage 39 and game over, better have that stage 37 code ready so well, you can redo it again. Not really, only if you would turn off your Game Boy, because this game does offer unlimited continues while playing. That's true, yeah. Uh, with, and you start at the same level you were at, so so there's no problem with that, at least. But if you have to turn off your Game Boy or, or your Super Nintendo or whatever you're playing on, uh, yeah, you, you will nah, have you're, to enter a pass. You're on Rage Quit at 37, it's fine. <laughs> I, 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 true. I, I understand. Yeah. Uh... And then the the final stage, stage forty, is it's it's huge. Stage forty is gigantic. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a giant maze, basically. It, it, well, not basically. It is. It's a giant maze, and all of the lines go to one seal, and the one seal is guarded by. Uh, I think I called it an, an angry bird. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it looks the like a, an angry fire bird, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know go, what it is. Maybe it's that wizard, Borbon the Great. I, but I, I, it I think it's supposed like to be Borbon, but yeah. I, I call it a, I call it the evil bird. Uh, no. And then there's some fire that goes around the perimeter as well, too. So it's being goalie guarded by the angry bird and perimetered by a piece of fire. And this square is not big, and your opening to get to the seal is not big either. Yeah, it's really um, tough to get, yeah. I did a first try, just yellowed right into there, and uh, it worked. But all while, like you have these, I call I call them sunglasses. Sun lions with sunglasses. <laughs> they're, they're polar bears. Polar yeah. bears. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but you have you have these polar bears that are coming down, and they don't move on the lines like every other enemy in the game does. Nope. They uh, they they go at an angle, and they kind of bounce off the walls and keep going through an angle. Uh, so you just kind of have to be quick and accurate with your line line movement to get past them. Um, one thing I do appreciate about this game, though, in terms of level design, is. The opening stages, like the easier stages, I think from 1 to 20, mm-hmm. the entire plane is on one screen. You don't have to traverse the, time, the plane yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as you get to like the higher stages, like 25, 30, obviously like 35, 40, you have to, it, the plane doesn't fit on the screen anymore. So now you have to traverse left, right, up, and down. And you have to like kind of understand the enemy movement throughout the actual game as well too like understand like when they're going to turn down a path understand like if i hit this this person this one's going to turn this way it go down this path and then also have like the 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 sixth sense of hey these other enemies are off the screen i can't see them so i kind of have to guess where they're going to be when I start to traverse towards that way. Otherwise, I may get cut off and killed as soon as I, tra- as soon as I transition the screen. Um, so the, 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 the playing field does get bigger into the, into the point where you have to start scrolling the actual plane to, to complete the game. But uh, I do appreciate that the game does a build-up to that instead of just being like, here it is, have fun, you know, so... The, the yeah, game is very count. fair in difficulty, in my yes. opinion. Yeah, and yeah, like, uh, we, we can go over the enemies. There aren't that many different ones uh, in the game, at least. Um, like, the one you will see the most, and these are, in 90% of the stages, you will only see these enemies. Uh, they are the erasers. They're basically these little white blobs. Um, these move at a moderate pace across the board. Uh, they do not like home in on you or anything like that. They just follow the lines and when they come to a junction, they take a turn. That's basically how they work. And I think they only turn to the left or something. Uh, or the right. The right. Either they way, turn they, to the right. Yeah. So you will always see these guys. Some stages do have the pencils. And as far as I know, they do the exact same as the Eraser. Like, I didn't see a difference. Maybe they turn the other way. Uh, well, they're faster, aren't they? The pe- I don't think the pencils are. I think they move, like, exactly the same speed as the Erasers do. But uh, maybe they're a little bit faster. Um, there is a Crayon, however, which is basically the pen- pencil uh, on steroids. Uh, they just fly across the screen. Um but they move the, the exact same way as the other enemies. They just turn whenever they come to a junction. So, uh, But th- those are the ones you have to watch out the most for and you will see the most of. Uh, some stages, but I only think like three or four of them, have the metal clip. Uh, this one actually only moves up and down on one path. So um, it's always on a vertical line stationary and it just goes up and then it goes back down um in some stages you will have to destroy them to actually get to where you need to be uh but these are more like blocking enemies and not so much as enemies that will uh will 
to Ryan come after you, basically. Um, the same goes for the ice skate. It's the same as a metal clip, but this one just moves horizontally on a set path. So left to the right and, and back again. And then there's the polar bear, which only shows up in the final stage. There's two of them. And like EBC already mentioned, they are totally not tied to the pathways. They are just bouncing across the screen, basically. Uh, yeah, something to note with the enemies as well, too, is that once you once you get rid of them, like once you kill one, either with the, the ball or destroy one of the panels that they were on, they, they fly off the screen, but they do respawn in. If, if you're Penguin or if you are in the spot where they are spawning in, you have a little bit of time to get out of that hitbox because they do spawn in with some iframes where they are not... They, there's there's no collision on them right away, hmm. uh, but it's a it's a it's a small window. It's maybe like a second or two. Uh, so if yes. you notice that like they're starting to flash back into play, you want to get away from them as fast as possible, especially if it's a crayon because that sucker is gonna rocket right into your back if you don't get out of the way. So um, that's just a heads up for for enemy like respawning like as you. As you move, like you, you need to take out some of these enemies. Like it's inevitable that like, you're going to have to take out some of these enemies to actually solve these puzzles and actually complete the stage. Uh, so just understanding how enemy respawn works too is actually a, a pretty big deal, especially again with the stages that are bigger than the actual uh, game screen that you have to kind of traverse through. Like understanding like where they're going to respawn off screen is actually pretty crucial. Yeah. Um... And yeah, uh, <laughs> like, don't be an idiot like me, uh, who just picked up this game and started playing it, uh, and then got to a stage where my path was blocked off by one of those uh, clip thingies, and not, not realizing until that point in the game, and this is like stage what dirty or something like it takes a while for them to actually put an enemy like that in the game that blocks your path yep. i had no idea that you could kick those balls at all so i played through three-fourths of the game <laughs> never even knowing that i had an attack <laughs> so i have a funny i have a funny story about that with i'll tell later <laughs> all right <laughs> but yeah it's it's definitely not needed because i did it except for those stages where you absolutely have to uh but it did make the game a lot harder once i realized uh easier i mean once i realized you could uh you could kick those balls but then again i have already beaten the stages before that uh, <laughs> so so it wasn't that useful anymore to me uh but yeah, it's definitely a mechanic you need to know before starting the game. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that's basically what this game is. It's it's very simple. Uh, the concept is very simple. It's very easy to understand um, and to do. And like uh, EBC mentioned before, the, the difficulty gradually goes up. Uh, I would even say stage 19 is like the last easy one where there's absolutely no troubles. And then from 20 onward, it's, it starts getting harder and harder uh, from there on out. Um, but yeah, that, there's not much more to this game, but it's just such a simple and fun concept. And the amazing score that goes with it just sucks you into the game 
from the start and you cannot put this down until you have beaten it or until you reach uh, stage 37 and you just want to throw that game in the trash and burn it or something what Uh, sucks about 37 is that like 37 is like the level and then as soon as you beat 37 it's slightly easy again yeah because like you just went through the level <laughs> yeah. like 37 is 37 will make or break you pretty much yeah and you're so close to the end that you have to yeah. finish the game by now but yeah 37 is compared to any other stage in this game it's ridiculous it's um it, it takes precise timing it takes uh some luck maybe but not really because the entire game is scripted basically um but yeah, you will. It will take you some time to get through that stage for sure. But yeah, I wouldn't give up because the end is so close that it's definitely just worth uh, getting through it. Absolutely. The final level is so good because like you go, you've gone around and like you've broken like I don't know, you break like ten plus seals per stage. Then you go to the final stage, level forty, and it's this giant maze that you have to walk across. And it's just one yeah. seal at the end, guarded by, like, the army, basically. <laughs> yeah. And you have to, like, splinter cell into, like, this square <laughs> to get the one seal. Like, Yeah, it's weird that they did that for this game, and just for the final stage. Um, it would have been, like, like this game only has 40 stages, okay. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, like, every 10th level could have been a quote-unquote boss fight. So just to prepare you a little bit that, oh, this is like a completely different take on what you're normally supposed to do in this game. Uh, Because just to, if you haven't played this game and you want to imagine what the final stage is, just think of one of those uh, mazes that you get on, um, how do you call that, an under tray or something in a restaurant for kids where you have to like find a way out with your pencil. It's not an under tray. It's like a the paper we, we, that goes on mat, the like, under We have like tray. a paper mat, yeah. Yeah. So, so one of those for kids where you have to follow the correct path, or otherwise you get to a dead end. That's basically what this final stage is. But you are on the path. You have to like figure out how to go, and it's constant turns in that one, and and that's where the like the quirkiness of turning in this game. Uh, comes into really, play a lot really because shines. yeah, it's it's like every five pixels you have to turn again, so it's it's crazy. But and it's completely different than the rest of the game, which I appreciate it at least. It was like something yeah. different to, to and you're dodging polar bears the entire time. So like that on top cool. of that nice nice quirkiness of turning on the on the lines on a dime. You're dodging the polar bears as well, too, so... Yeah, uh, and then you get to that bird, and you want to, like, just squeeze <laughs> through that fire, and it's so hard. And if you fail, you have to do that entire maze again. It's, yeah, it's fun times. So. Yeah. I I would say, like, looking back at the game, like, I, I, I will just outright say right now, this is my... Out of the 230 Game Boy games I have played so far, this game is my favorite Game Boy game. I, I absolutely okay. love Amazing Penguin. Um, however, like having played it multiple times, and I look back at it, I I would have approached things differently. Like what you said about bosses every ten stages, like I would have done a boss every ten stage, and then once you've defeated that boss, show that little cute cutscene 
that we get mm. every you know eight stages or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, then you get a password, and then you go on to your next ten stages, almost like a world type thing, right? Yeah. Uh, if if I if I were to design or like remake Amazing Penguin. That's how I would approach it. I would honestly still keep the levels how they are. Like I would even keep thirty seven in because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people need to play it. I I went through it. Y'all need to go through it. Um, <laughs> I would still keep all the levels the way they are. It's just every tenth level I would have that boss with the Q cutscene with a password instead of a password randomly every like five levels, four levels, three levels, whatever it decides to give you a password. So, um. Yeah, like looking back, it has some design flaws, or it has some interesting mm-hmm. choices. Maybe not flaws, uh, but uh, I, I, for what it is though, it's a very cute game, and it's very easy to get into. Like if you're looking for a an e a a easy entry action puzzler, like this, this is this is the game for you. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun, and and like I said, just the score that goes with it. it yeah, you want to keep playing it. it it's Natsume makes some, and I like I can't speak for the games that were on other systems that they made, uh, but at least for Game Boy, like Tailgater as well, like yeah. incredibly amazing, fun, jolly music. Like it's not the best. Uh, like composition wise I would say like it doesn't do anything uh special like Konami does with with the turtle soundtracks or that uh Gonzalez does with uh with, with the Asterix or Spirou or Tintin games but like it's not very technical music but it's just enjoyable music like you hear it once you know the tune by heart immediately and you can't just you can't stop humming along with it because it's 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 so joyful to hear that song. Well, yeah. it it fits the game, right? Like the game doesn't take well. itself serious, right? Like you're a penguin dodging pencils, crayons and metal clips. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. take itself super serious. So like the music itself like doesn't take itself super serious in my opinion either. So, like, as you're playing through the game, like, the music very much matches the tempo and the tone that that level or that, you know, or whatever it is, the game itself is going for. Uh, I think everything just match, everything just meshes super nicely together. And it creates a, a nice harmony just between gameplay and and music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk about the graphics, really, or the sprite work. Um, like, it's very simple really um there there's not that much to it it's uh they're all just very simple sprites um the best sprites work you see in those uh pictures that you unlock those are like really well done really cute but besides that it's it's just you see what everything is basically and and that's it like uh it's it's not like in tailgater where there it's a little better, like because it's yeah. stage based and and you can have backgrounds and things like that. Like this game doesn't have that, um, but it's just joyful to look at. Like it doesn't look like just three pixels moving on a line or something. <laughs> you you can actually see it's a pencil. You can actually see it's a penguin. Uh, the polar bear is a little wonky because he they are on these ice blocks 
floating around basically yeah. so they kind of look weird but uh. I, I i chalk it up to like early game boy graphics right like the game came yeah. out in 1990 uh which is you know the 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 first full year of of game boy mm-hmm. um but yeah it, you know it's it's early it's it's early game boy graphics it's early 90 graphics as well yeah. too um but honestly, for the game, like the game didn't need super detailed sprites or anything. You just needed to know like who you were, what you were, and then your enemies. Like that's all you yep. needed for this game. So it, it it worked out fantastically. Uh, and like what Mo said, like the, um, the 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 cute pictures you get every eight levels um, are super super well detailed. Mostly because you don't have to animate them. But you know they're statically in the background, but they're they're super super well detailed and they 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 look amazing. Um, the, the the I would say like the sprite work for the boss and the polar bears are probably the ones that might <laughs> yeah. be the jankiest. For sure, feels like they they just. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had no real idea what to do with them. And just, yeah, it just it feels like the fi- it feels like the final stage. Like, and I could be completely wrong. I don't know what the directive. I don't. I don't know what the the pr- producer direction was for the game by any means. But it, it, to me, it feels like they got to like the end of life for Amazing Penguin. They're like, oh, we need to get this out the door. Like, how do we end this game? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like. Well, let's just have this huge maze with the one seal, and then we'll slap you know the well we well we said this thing in the manual, so we'll slap him in there as well too. But we need some. But there's no way to break the pencils or the erasers. So let's have some polar bears flying around type deal. I feel like level forty was kind of like, hey, we need to wrap this game up. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't have any sprites created for it, so they're just like, okay, here here you go. Um, I feel like that's kind of how level forty is. Uh, it's still a good stage. It's just it it like it it feels so dislocated from the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like coming back to what you said about what would you do if you could remake this or something. Uh, yeah. With with like the boss stages, um, you could potentially make boss fights in this game because you already have the mechanic of kicking balls so like for instance and just on, uh, from the top of my head like you could have uh, a lower walking field for you or a path if it, whatever you call it uh, and then split off in the middle with above you a moving path for where the boss is um, with the black ball spawning in and you have to like kick them over to the other side and hit them or something like that. Like that that would have been a fun idea to put in there. But yeah, it, it does really feel like they wanted to wrap the game up, wanted to do something different to wrap the game up. So they just went with that weird yeah. maze boss fight thing. But yeah, it, it could potentially have had boss fights with... With such a mechanic, like that would be would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I could I could imagine it like Penguin Wars, where like you're on the bottom bottom playing field and you're kicking at the top playing field, right? Yeah. Kind of. Uh, I can think of it like Molemania. Think of the uh, the the groundhog fight in Molemania, where you pretty much hang out in the center and that groundhog runs around the outside of the perimeter. Yeah, I can think of something like that. Like, there's a lot of just like interesting ideas that you could take with the kicking mechanic alone in this game to have a boss fight, so. Um, 
yeah, I mean, that's the game. So <laughs> there's the game. If you want to remake yeah. the game, there's a bunch of ideas for you as well. Too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, well, you, you... they probably still have the IP, so uh, you probably have to make uh, Amazing Gopher or something like amazing that. Amazing but... Otter. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, if, if you want to make a game in the style of this, I think this is not that hard of a task to make a game like this. No. I think so. Pretty yeah. easy. You can call it mediocre pigeon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, actually. <laughs> uh, gold on to box art, though. Yeah. Box art is very interesting for this game uh-huh. from Japan and America, Europe. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with the American European one first. Because that one is, there's a lot of there's a lot of action going on in this one. Yeah, well, a lot of action for sure, but also a lot of what? <laughs> a lot of <laughs> what are what are these gophers doing? In the, yeah, in the that first of all, what are these army helmet wearing gophers doing on the cover? Because <laughs> they are definitely not in this game at all. Uh, second of all. Why is there a tank in the background? <laughs> Where did that one come from? Like, there's no Why is tank there in this explosions game. Explosions with chunks yeah, of rock flying all over the place too. Yeah, and and uh, and uh, <laughs> I can't pronounce and. Uh, is the penguin supposed to be uppercutting one of the gophers? <laughs> I never noticed that. Before. Yeah, I I noticed it <laughs> earlier because I was I was looking more uh, in detail at it. But yeah, like if you just look at the at the cover itself, you see Pendridge just like strolling through uh, <laughs> the snowfield, um, and and you think he's like like waving his arms around. But I think what they are trying to portray is that he just uppercutted one of the gophers in the face. So. He's real happy about it too. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, it very looks happy like he's just nonchalant, like waddling, waddling through a snowfield while everyone's like all up in arms and angry at him, and just like he's got this nice little curve in one arm, and it's just like this gopher is just going off the screen, Mike Tyson style. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I think that's what they were trying to do with that. Uh, but yeah, very uh, yeah artistic. This cover is for sure. Oh, I yeah. love this cover, by the way. I I think it's great. I have the card, and it still like has a shiny label on it, yeah. and it looks so good. Yeah, I, I have the cart and the manual for this. Uh, th- I I absolutely love this this uh, cover as well too. So you have you have Pendridge right in the right front and center like and he, the cool thing about him too is that he has like this padding around him cuz like he is mm-hmm. the spotlight essentially right yeah and then <laughs> and then around him are these this is gopher army i don't know where the where the hell the, the gopher army came from but the uh, biggest eyesore is the giant pencil <laughs> in the middle of the gopher army <laughs> and, then, and then on the right hand side you have the uh the big pink eraser you remember them from from grade school you have mm. this you have this polar bear that's charging at you then you have this tank up on a bluff like with explosions behind it and chunks of fire rock 
flying mm-hmm. into the kingdom, and in the background you can see the kingdom as well too. And then there's this Pendridge with his little French hat on, just being like, "Yo, what's up? I just uppercutted this one gopher. Catch y'all <laughs> later." You know, he's just walking nonchalant through the snowfield with a big old smile on his face, just giving everyone the finger, basically. It's so good. And like, then it I says, "Amazing penguin" in really in really nineties font. Uh, with with yellow and pink, it, it it's so good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but now I'm never unseeing that he just uppercutted <laughs> that gopher. It's it's so good. <laughs> and he did it without effort. Like, look how he's walking. He's just walking casually through a snowfield and just throws an uppercut just out of nowhere and just keeps walking. The uh, the man's a beast. Someone <laughs> needs to animate this. Like I I don't know. Somebody just animate that. Like, amazing penguin, Pendridge with a smile on his face, just nonchalantly <laughs> uppercutting a gopher in the face. <laughs> it would be so good. Oh, it's so good. What a good cover. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great. Like, the artist who did this, sometimes I can look that up. I'm going to see if I can, actually. But, and, like, uh, the actual, like, coloring of it isn't, like crayon or like color pencil like a comic style like art it's it has like a bit of like 3d like depth realism to it as well too so it almost seems like it was created or at least like maybe drawn on paper and then scanned in and then like digitalized colored uh, on computer uh yeah yeah phenomenal job on this on on the american european cover yeah, I can't find it for this one, sadly. Uh, <laughs> you, usually, sometimes they they credit like the artists or this for. Is it in your big? It for, is it in your big book of Game Boy box art? Nah, nah. It's like I know there's one web. I maybe it's Moby Games or maybe it's the other one, but I can't remember the name. Sometimes they credit who the the creator of the cover artist, but uh, I'm not seeing it now. And That's then, stupid. then you have the Japanese version. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> this penguin is up the, to something. This penguin is mischievous. <laughs> and he's um, probably <laughs> intending to sleep with you. <laughs> and then write about it in his diary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like, like he—he's out on a seduction uh, spree for he's sure. Out, he's out for something. That's what for a sure. cheeky penguin so, that is. So Pendridge is again front and center on this one as well too. Uh, instead of being a black and white penguin, however, he is a dark blue, almost purple, uh, and white penguin with the same dumb yellow French hat. Um, I think that's a French hat. Is that a French hat? That is a beret, yeah. That's a French hat. So, yeah. um, <laughs> But this time, he doesn't have all the chaos around him at all. Instead, he has a smile on his face, but he also has his wing or his fingers touching his lips while seductively looking at you through the corner of his eyes while holding a pink notebook and some brown loafers uh and in the background is this really 
drawn castle with a ruler, basically. Like, there's no mm. detail to this castle at all. Uh, it's just a, a, basically a silhouette of a castle that's colored in with the colored turquoise. Um, yeah. And then above that, I'm assuming it says amazing, or whatever the Japanese word was, penguin boy. Um, yeah. And then it has, like, this diamond diamond pattern with pink white and yellow diamonds going all through the background but front and center biggest thing in the entire box art is pendrich just seductively looking at you thinking about his friday night basically yeah like if you would see this game um <laughs> just you know walking through the store never heard of it and you would see this you would think it was one of those uh, dating simulator types of games that you can can buy on Steam. Um, just like the one with the pigeon had a full boyfriend, actually. So it yeah. could, it could just be this, but then with with a penguin instead of a pigeon. So if you want to date a penguin, this is definitely the game you will pick up and then be surprised that it's totally not a dating simulator. <laughs> If you were if you were shopping in Kmart or Sears, because that those were that those are the stores around at this time, and you saw this, you'd be thinking, "Wow, this belonged in the leather case behind the shelf." Uh, <laughs> for those that don't get that reference, that's how the the Atari porn games were sold. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, both box arts are good. But in very different ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally prefer the American European one because Absolutely. I'm more drawn to violence than than the other one. But the Japanese one, though, man, if you, it's it's super good. I'm so glad he's wearing brown loafers as well too. <laughs> yeah, he's not—he's not, well, he's know not wearing. He's... Sh- well, he's not wearing shoes in the American one. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, you know what? He's actually like, if you would put a subtitle on the uh, cover for the Japanese version in English, of course, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to read. Anyways, it would literally say. Draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> it would. 120% yep, it would. That's, that's the look he's giving. Maybe that's that's what his notebook is. It's a drawing <laughs> pad. Yeah. See? Titanic was inspired pen- by Amazing pen- Penguin. There's pencils and crayons in the game. And erasers. Oh, we unlock the secret. Oh my god. James Cameron... We know where you got your inspiration from. Wait, it was James Cameron who did Titanic right out of I don't know. <laughs> actually, I, I've actually never seen Titanic in my life. I, I saw it twice in my entire life. I only uh, know not, that not, line. And not by choice, either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So it all makes sense now. Yeah. Pendrich is an artist because he wears that dumb French hat. I'm sorry, yeah. French listeners. Uh, and he wears those weird brown loafers. So he looks like an artist already. And then he has this pink drawing tablet. And the game has a bunch of pencils, crayons, and erasers that 
I guess, are out to get him because he abuses them. And he has, there's paper biters because he has to combine the art together, like if he's making a series. It all makes sense. Yeah. We figured it out. You've heard it here first. There it is. Yeah. The actual story behind Amazing Penguin. Not that random thing they they, they (laughs) put in the American European manual. Yeah. The real story behind Amazing Penguin isn't that the kingdom was under stress by by General What's-His-Face and some polar bears. It was actually because (laughs) Pendrich is a seductive penguin out to draw all the ladies in Japan. All right. Yeah. There it is right there. Is isn't the very first image you unlock him lying in the grass with his drawing pads trying to draw bunnies? And then the other one is I don't even know how to describe this one. This one involves a kangaroo. And we all know what kangaroos are. Well yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we solved the mystery of Amazing Penguin. Yes. Oh, here's another drawing one. So I don't know what level this is, but he's draw. He has he has a an easel up, and he's painting a picture of a unicorn. And we all know what unicorns are. Magical creatures. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, probably the Japanese. Story is some has something to do with that. <laughs> now it actually kind of makes sense. Here's another one. This one has a big monkey in it, though, too, and a giant parrot. But he's holding up a PPP flag. I don't know what that means. You do not want to know. I, I maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to know. No. I know. I think that there's one more somewhere here. Oh, there it is. Oh, I came over it on it. Oh, this one has a girl in it. Oh, he did it. He finally did it. Oh, there it is. That Ben Rich. It's like a goddess. Dude, he has like this sword with an amulet and a cloak. And he's like holding hands with this, I'm assuming, princess and taking her away. And in the background are a bunch of elves uh, cheering. I can't. I can't make this up. I have an imagination. I can't make this up. Unbelievable. We all know what swords means. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> we all know it. True. Wow. This oh, here's game. the here's the ending. Oh, there's a there's a. So he was cheating on his girlfriend, or maybe it's his sister. Well, he was cheating. <laughs> he was this, cheating. <laughs> this guy, like. Now that we know all of this, I'm very sad that we actually chose this episode today. <laughs> this is... So, yeah. once, you, once Un- you beat the unheard final of. boss, Pen- Pendridge goes up and and goes to like this girl penguin because she has a big bow in her head, which I'm assuming is your girlfriend, maybe it's your sister, I don't know. And then they... Look at they look into each other's eyes and Pendrick just walks off. He's just like, see ya. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Then it has like a Mega Man ending where he just keeps walking off. 
unbelievable. Like, Steam doesn't want to put out uh, Super Seducer 3 on their platform, but this is way worse. This is way, way Steam. worse. And it was on Game Boy. For Steam. little children. <laughs> unbelievable. Steam, Steam doesn't want to put out Super Seducer 3, but limited run games will remake well, this game and relaunch it on a physical yeah cartoon. and it's not even 18 plus everybody can buy it that oh. off the internet I, now so it's not even a limitation to the store anymore oh literally anyone god. with the internet in their fingers oh my god hashtag cancel amazing penguin but you know what you know what else to tie this all in amazing penguin is being released with Spanky's Quest. Oh my god. What have we uncovered? It like okay, this is gonna be the best episode ever. Um we're gonna get called by uh, WikiLeaks that definitely still exists. Uh we have uncovered something. This is amazing journalism on our end. This will be the cover story in the next Time magazine for sure. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. And honestly, like actual, like if you go to limited run games right now, there there's actually a physical version of Amazing Penguin and Spanky's Quest ready to be purchased. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's being that's actually not made up. <laughs> yeah, yeah th those games are being re-released. It's I don't know why. It's kind of weird those two games, but uh, it seems can. random that those two that those two games are getting yeah yeah. I, I know, I think Jeremy Jeremy Parrish works for Limited Run Games now, mm -hmm, I think. Mm -hmm. And I know that he liked Amazing Penguin. At yeah. least I, I gathered that from his episode, excuse me, of of what he did. I didn't know he played Spanky's Quest, though. But I, I have never played Spanky's Quest. I have no idea if that game is good or not. But yeah, it's kind of weird that the these two games are getting a physical release. Uh, because... I mean, they are kind of this like out. They're, they're kind of not known, but at the same time, it's like I wouldn't call them like you need to own them type games. They're fun to yeah. play. I would recommend playing them, but they're not a need to own type game. Um, like if I if I were to think like if I wanted a Game Boy re-release, I'm thinking like Kirby one and two, Mario one, two, and three. Um, Turtles 1, 2, and 3, Castlevania 1, 2, and 3. I, you know, I'm thinking games like that. I'm not thinking Amazing Penguin or Spanky's Quest. So Yeah, or just games in general that had a limited printing anyways, like that are hard to get um, yeah. if people do want like a repro card that is actually Trip of World. good quality or something like that. I mean, then I would definitely think of it but amazing penguin and spanky's yeah. quest like right now these are ten dollar games you can pretty much find them anywhere i am kind of afraid that these games being released as limited run games will push up the price for the originals yeah. which is completely unnecessary so that that's a downside of something like that but uh well, how much is amazing penguin right now amazing <laughs> penguin right now on ebay is going <laughs> Well, looking at prices nowadays is also not great, but... Well, a Japanese... Oh, the Japanese... Well, the Japanese cover's different on the cart! Oh, that's... It doesn't have the penguin! Oh, okay. They knew. 
Yeah, they knew. <laughs> Too much seduction in a Game Boy game. Yeah. Um, the American version of Amazing Penguin is going for fifty bucks right now. Okay. Uh, I, I bought mine for five. <laughs> yeah, that's not like you don't have to look at prices now because yeah. with the entire COVID, like everything is yeah way up. So, but normally but the, this is like a ten dollar game. Yeah, the Japanese version is ten bucks. Um, Spanky's Quest. <laughs> oh, I spell Spanky wrong. That means I'm a. Yep. Uh, Spanky's Quest. It's about thirty bucks mm-hmm. for Game Boy. Again, normally a ten dollar game. Yeah. So. The Japanese one is like forty right now, according to mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking to buy games, honestly, I would tell you, you can look, but I would say honestly, wait until like the whole COVID thing kind of blankets over a little bit. Like it's not going to be completely gone. You know, this is how life is now. But, you know, there will be some normality coming back to the world with the vaccine rollout and everything else. Uh, so I would say just wait before you purchase something, unless you find a really good deal. I've mm-hmm. actually found some super good deals since COVID, honestly. Um, but unless it's a good deal, honestly, just wait. Because right now, like, the game may be cheap. But if you look at the shipping costs right now, it's out of this world. Like, that $10 Japanese game I just said had a $20 shipping cost to it. Yeah. Uh, because shipping right now internationally because of COVID is so hard to do because COVID, right? So, yeah, there's a lot of precautions that have to go in. Like, things are up in price now. Things take longer to get to you. Honestly, unless you find a really good deal... Just wait. Literally, it's wait a few months. Like it'll, it'll, it'll start to drop down a bit. Things will start to normalize a bit with shipping costs. Uh, just wait. <clears throat> well, now that we uncovered that this game is actually a very sexual game uh, in nature, uh, this this episode took a turn that I did not expect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. I don't even know when this episode gets released, but by the time this episode is released, the pre-orders for Amazing Penguin and Spanky's Quest will be closed. Um, yes. So. Uh, yeah. I didn't find any trivia. Well, we, we, we found we, the trivia. We found the trivia. We, I mean, we, come on. We did it. We, we found the trivia in this game. Uh, some cool things, though, about this game, if you are one of those people that like to cheat in video games, um, each version actually has its own different types of password uh, systems. So, in the Japanese version of the game, uh, you can go into, you can have invincibility, level select, and a sound test. Um, and then in the U.S. version, you could also have uh, invulnerability... Uh, sound test, uh, which uh, you're playing the BGM and sound effects for, so the D-pad selects the track and A plays the track, and then you have an also a stage select as well. We can thank Keyblade nine 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 for that one. Um, if there's something you can thank him for, <laughs> uh, the JP version has different level selects or level passwords than the American version. Uh, the Japanese version starts its password system at level 5. 5, 9, 13, 17, 21, 25, 29, 33, 37. 
and the American or European version uh, starts their password system at level 1. So 1, 2, 3, 5, 9, 13, 17, 21, 26, 29, 33, and 37. There you go. If you like to cheat, there are some cheats, but I'm not going to tell you what the password is. You have to go figure that out yourself. <laughs> Just play the game. Just play the game. Get to level 37 and quit. All right. Uh, <laughs> but you want to see the ending. It's actually a pretty cute ending. Uh, well, it, it would have been cute if we didn't reveal yep. the underlying, uh, the real meaning to the game. Uh, <laughs> he leaves his girlfriend. I mean, come on. What a jerk. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Um, <laughs> I got to cool down after all that steaminess we just uncovered. And I'll come back with our thoughts and some speedrun pieces of this game. Stay tuned. back everybody so uh thoughts and history of the game i'm gonna start with you mo what what is your well we already know your thoughts i guess but history with the game yeah i don't really have a history with this like i never played this as a kid or anything like that uh i just came across it probably for portable pleasure maybe even not i don't remember uh but like i started playing it and i immediately uh, fell in love with the game. Now I know why. It's because of that uh, sexual undertone that it has that we have no idea about, but now it all makes sense. Uh, and that's probably why everybody loves this game. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this. Uh, like I mentioned before, I had no idea you could kick those balls or kick those balls. Jesus Christ, this game. Um, and yeah, unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, uh, except for stage 37, which is a train wreck. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed playing through this game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I... The first time I played this game, I had to play it for Tiny 10 number 2. Because you put it in the Tiny 10. Yeah. Uh, as, like, the second game of that list. And... <coughs> I... I played it without kicking any of the balls... Uh, because I didn't know you could kick the balls either. <laughs> I didn't know you could kick balls in the game until stage like thirty three. Yeah. Because you had you had I you had to do it, I think it was for that stage. Yeah. And the only reason I figured out that you could kick the balls in that stage is because I accidentally pressed A. Uh <laughs> instead of B. So I went most of the game as well without uh knowing that you could kick the boss <laughs> so yeah you, you you weren't the only one on that one um also i found out later on too while watching 
the previous runners of the Tiny Ten too, they were kicking the balls, and they didn't tell anyone that you could kick the balls. So, <laughs> in return, like when you all asked me, why didn't you tell me that you could press select or replace people's health in Shipu Iron Leaguer? It's because y'all <laughs> didn't tell me that I could kick the balls in Amazing Penguin. <laughs> Even though none of you ran in the Tiny Ten at that time. That's because I withheld information because it was withheld from me back in the day. So take that. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I went most of the game. I like I said, like I, I accidentally pressed A and I kicked the ball and I killed an enemy. I was like, You could kick the ball in the game? Yeah, and then uh, the game went from kinda hard at from like twenty to like thirty five to uh I wouldn't say super easy, but it was a lot easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's my history thing. And I played it for Game Boy Adventure, uh, which is now Game Boy Digest. Um, it was my eighth game that I played for for Game Boy Adventure. And uh, I played all I, I, I played the first 20 levels because of Tiny 10 before that. Um, cause Tiny 10 2 was in 2015 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so I decided to put it back. I remember liking the game in the Tiny 10, so I put it back in and played through all 40 stages. And like I said, like a lot, I've seen a lot of people like have trouble with the final boss of the game because it is a tight window to get to that seal. And I literally just YOLO'd like right into it. Like, full, like, rhino gourd right into that seal. Like, no <laughs> one was stopping me at all. My chat was just like... What? Because <laughs> I had people there like that had played the game. It was like you just walked in and touched the seal. Like that 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 took me like twenty minutes. I'm like, you just got yellow, man. Uh, <laughs> you just you just got to do it. Can't can't think about it too much. So, um, yeah, it, this is my like I said, I've played two hundred and thirty some odd Game Boy games now for Game Boy Digest, and Masakara is is very close to the top right now. That game was very good. But Amazing Penguin still might be my favorite Game Boy game right now. There's there's well obviously the sexual undertones is what makes it my favorite. But uh it's just it's just a charming game. It's 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 relaxing, it's cute. Um it's just easy to play. It's just something you can just pop in and play and not have to worry about like a stressful like level thirty seven. But you don't have to worry about like the stress and anxiety of like everything coming at you. So mm-hmm. it's just a very easy game to play. That's probably why I enjoy it so much. And, like, and you and I have talked about this in, in in long detail that you know you and I are on the same page where we think like music and sound effects very much makes. Or helps make a game. Yeah. Um, and this game's music with its play style and its graphics harmonize, I would say, near perfect with, with each other. So, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's all I got, though. We have a speedrunning stuff, though. You were talking to uh, Ariel about... <clears throat> yeah, there's yeah, there's not much to say, but uh, Duke Ariel has been... Uh, running this game like he's the only one on the board right now he made the board uh his current record is uh 42 minutes and 41 seconds 
Um, and I asked him, is there anything you want us to mention for the speedrun? Um, and, and we kind of touched upon this, but the game has absolutely no RNG. Um, so everything is set in stone, basically, and enemies just react to what you do uh, if you change their, like, uh, going... What, what's the word I'm looking for now? Uh, I don't know. The way they are moving, if you reverse their movement, they just go oh. backwards, basically. Yeah. Um, so with proper routing, it's probably doable to go sub-30 minutes in this game. It just... If you can have a set path that you can always take, that is uh, that is definitely doable. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Like there, there's nothing more to it. It's just a, a very straightforward game that just needs some proper routing uh, at this point. So that's that's all I can tell about the speed running of this. Well, there you go. Speaking of speed runs, I saw that there was a task for Katrap. That mm -hmm. was under under an hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that for sure. That's pretty. I, I pretty wouldn't do it, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know who would. Yeah. An okay game. It's a good puzzle game. Yeah. Definitely. And I also saw that Cosmo Tank was on Cusa Grande right now as well too, which is oh. really unfortunate because yeah. I like Cosmo Tank. It's a really good game. Yeah, we had, we did an episode on it so. Yeah. Unfortunate. Damn it. Just leave it to Procentia. <laughs> Alright. I did I did God's work in Discord. Um so You're going to have to make that a shirt now. Oh, no. <laughs> I could, yeah. You could, I would wear that shit so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, have, I can I, definitely do that, actually. <laughs> I have a King DDD one with DDD, like, from Smash Brothers. And how he does, like, dive. He, like, lands on his side and, like, poses. I don't know how much you watch Smash Brothers. But King DDD, like, when he... When he jumps to the side, he lands and puts his elbow down and puts his head on his on his fist. And then I have a shirt that has DDD like that that says "Draw me like one of your French girls." It says <laughs> King DDD with this big old hammer. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, speed race segment done. That was quick. Um. Yeah, mm. it's just time time to move into our outro bits like yeah. usual. Uh, let's let's do our very scripted, never off the cuff <laughs> outro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, well, yeah. This what? is part of the outro, at least. Yeah. What? what are you, what's wrong? Hmm. We Nothing. Know, we... We're we're just gonna go over to community events and the listener oh, yeah, questions yeah. first, of course. But community events happening. Well, Retrothon. Yes, and this episode should be out in time before Retrothon is on. Yeah, Retrothon is the final week of April. So yes, uh, we have Retrothon coming up. Uh, like I said, the the days. Um, almost said bad word, even though I've said a bunch of them already. Um, <laughs> Starts on Saturday, April 24th. 
Uh, my time is Central Time America, so 11 a.m. my time, which yeah. is 6 o'clock p.m. your time. Yes. So, uh, I know time differences. Uh, and Retrothana is a week-long event. It is, it is a long one. They, they had a ton of submissions this year. And uh, yours truly, both of us... Are in Retrothon. Yeah. My very first live performance of speed running in a marathon, actually. Yeah. You've uh, commented. I haven't speed run in, 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 in years, basically. Like sometimes I do it for fun five minutes, but uh, I'm actually uh, uh, practicing now. Oh. Dang. Yeah. Like, uh, you've commentated in marathons. Like, you commentated Dr. Wily's Revenge for PLD for uh, Handheld yes. Heroes 2016 or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, commentating um, is, of course, very different than, than yeah, actually having yeah, to, to perform. But yeah, the, the reason we definitely mention Retroton is not only because RGL TV is amazing and they're, they're good friends of ours. Uh, Enemy has been on the podcast before, and, and yep. he's also involved in Tiny Ten Remix, of course. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those few marathons you will see where Game Boy actually gets gets represented uh, yeah. because those people actually know that there are there are good games on Game Boy and not just some uh, crappy thing they want to show off in an awful block. So, um, yeah, if you're really interested in, in seeing the Game Boy block uh, for Retroton this year, it will be on April 30th. Uh, I was kind of hoping it would be on April 29th, because uh, that's, that's actually my birthday. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's after my birthday, the day after. Um, but we have a really good block. Um, one of the games on here is listed wrong, but uh, I'll, I'll just go over it real quick. So... It starts with Pokemon Crystal, which is Game Boy Color, but yeah. Crystal gets a pass because that's an amazing game. Um, and that gets uh, played by Pro Infernape. Um, after that, we got Fish Dudes by Gigas Blues. Uh, Catboat. Yeah, Catboats. Uh, we got Tracks, also by Gigas Blues. Uh, then you have me playing Miracle Adventures of Esparks. Um, after that, it's CBC here with Trip World. Um, then we have Kirby's Dreamland, like a staple for Game Boy Speedrunning, of course, played by Kuma. Uh, then the one that's... I think this is a Game Boy Color game. Uh, they just put the wrong... Bar- Barbie Fashion Pack? Yeah, I, th- I think it's Color. Pretty sure, because only Barbie Game Girl is on original Game Boy, so... Barbie Game Girl. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's Game Boy Color, so there's a little in-between there. But it's, a, it's a black cart. Ah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's still Game Boy Color, technically. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah technically. Let's, let's, uh, let's say it's a Game Boy game. Uh, then we have Felix the Cat by Retroverse. Uh, love that game. Like, that's... that's I think Good that's game. the first Game Boy game I routed. Uh, well, there's that. Then we have Tiny Toon Adventures 2, which you don't see that often. You usually see the mm-hmm. first one. So we got that one played by Jangle Storm. Then we have, I guess, a race for yeah. Brain Drain between Smart Alec 24 and Juke Ariel, which we mentioned before. And then we still have uh, Montezuma's Return for a Game Boy Color by the good Jake Word. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's a lot of Game Boy 
And we do have other Game Boy before that. We have Mortal Kombat. Yeah, in the um, Mortal Kombat block. In the Mortal Kombat block by No Ice 5. Mortal Kombat on Game Boy. My, my dude. Yeah, uh, I don't know why you did that, but... <laughs> what, a, what a god. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have another Game Boy game in the Mario block. Uh, Super Mario Land is being played by Retroverse as well. Yeah. Um, that'll yeah. be on Monday, April 26th. So. Yeah. And the Game Boy goodness isn't over yet because we also have the Disney block, which I'm kicking off. It's it's weird that this happened, but I understand it. But I'm kicking off a Disney block with Darkwing Duck for a Game Boy. Yeah. Oh. A, a big thing I like about RGL's marathon is that they put everything into blocks. Yeah. It's not just this random hodgepodge of whatever they put everything into blocks and like you can tell that like if you go to their schedule like literally there's like a day and a half of nes and that's all you see is yeah. the word nes <laughs> um, that's on wetness day <laughs> yeah that's on yeah. wetness day yeah um i mean it's cool like i get it like a lot of the a lot of the rglers are nes runners yeah you know there's a lot more runners for nes than there are for game boy i 100 percent get it it's it's the more popular platform to play on but it's always great to see uh, other systems get get some love. Like we have arcade, so we're gonna have some mame going on. Uh, I I have two DOS games in, mm-hmm. uh, so we actually have an MS DOS block. I'll be playing Jill of the Jungle, uh, any percent, and Hugo Three Jungle of Doom one hundred percent during DOS block, which I, I'm a little nervous about because not so much of the games, but because it's. MS DOS and <laughs> yeah. MS DOS is a little tough to run sometimes on Windows 10. Um, so uh, that's my only concern with with, with the DOS block you know, for me in a way. But uh, it's awesome to see all these other systems. I eventually want to get a Fairchild, uh, not run but showcase in eventually mm-hmm. uh, because the the Fairchild Channel F like that's just a system you don't get to see often you know so and it being the first cartridge based console to ever be released like you really don't get to see it often yeah um it would be cool to get that like a showcase of that up and running for retrothon some some year but uh i'm very excited for retrothon this year um they have a ton of diff- ton of different runners like too like another thing too is like a marathon is they have like their go-to people, right? If they have the normal people that submit all the time and their go-to runners because they know they're good runners. Um, so you kind of see the same names over and over again. But uh, RGL's Retrothon this year, like they have a plethora of different runners. A lot of people I haven't heard of. A lot of people I haven't seen their name in years. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome to see. I'm very, very, very excited to... Uh, to, to watch Retrothon this year. I'm always yeah. excited to watch Retrothon, but this yeah, year Yeah, it's I'm always great. Exceptionally yeah. excited yeah. to watch it. And yeah, I'm coming out of retirement just for this, basically. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. I was like, should I sub... Yeah, I'm going to submit these games, but whatever. <laughs> and then like, oh, I have to play both of them. All right. <laughs> yeah, I submitted five games, and three of my five got in. And I know why the other two didn't, but... I actually submitted KDL and tracks. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I'm I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to to listen to it in the background during work. <laughs> um, some other marathons we have coming up is Power Up with Pride, uh, the 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 I guess summer edition. Um, Power Up with Pride will be happening June 4th through June 6th, and game submissions will be open April 1st. So by the time this episode is out, game submissions will be open for Power Up with Pride. Uh, I have a lot of uh, real-life friends that work in the background of Power Up with Pride. Uh, A lot of speedrunning friends, a lot of real-life friends uh, that I've met over the years through retro networking and speedrunning networking. Uh, hang out with them at GDQs, etc. So super amazing people uh, supporting a really good cause. So uh, if you're in- interested in submitting for that, like I said, they open April 1st. Uh, if you're not much of a speedrunner, definitely for sure watch the marathon uh, opening week. Excuse me, opening weekend of June. Um, I'm not even gonna announce that one. To hell with them. Um. <laughs> It's how much I care about Super Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Two big marathons coming up. We don't know what's going on with GDQ yet. Uh, for SGDQ, I will assume that SGDQ will be an online-based marathon again. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be very, very surprised if they do an in-person event this year. But... Uh, GDQ is GDQ. There will be an SGDQ. We just don't know any any of that information yet, or none of that information is out in public yet. So uh, once we hear about that, then obviously we'll say something on the on the podcast. Um, that's all I got. Big Bad Gameathon isn't ready yet. Um, Tiny Ten isn't ready yet. Well, yeah, Tiny Ten's not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that is ready, but it's not gonna be for it's. Quite it's a while. ready, but it's not ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's really it going on right now. Like I said, like this is the ramp up for marathon season. Uh, as 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 the summer as the spring and summer hits, this is marathon season time right now. So. Uh, I try my best to keep up with things. Uh, it, there's just so many that are going on, especially right now with COVID, because like ESA is doing some side stuff now too, along with their big marathons. GDQ always has something going on with their channel, along with their big marathons. Like there's just so much happening, it's really hard to keep up with at this point. So, uh, if you're ever interested in understanding or knowing when a marathon is happening, honestly, go follow RGL Power Up or Pride Games Done Quick and ESA. And Midwest mm-hmm. Beef Fest. Like, go follow those five channels, and you'll probably find a bunch more speedrunning marathons happening just based off of their retweets. Yeah, and Calathon. And uh, Calathon, yep. Yeah. I knew I'd forget one of them. So, um, yeah. That's all I got for marathon stuff. All right. Yeah, let's go over some questions. There aren't that many, and some of them we have already answered, basically, but uh, let's go over them real quick. Ariel is asking, when will I see more runs of this? So yeah, like we mentioned in the speedrun part, uh, more people are needed to route this game some more and make some more runs. So if you're interested after listening to this podcast and playing the game yourself, 
definitely dive into that. Uh, Suffer UM ask: Is this penguin actually more or less amazing than more? Uh, more. For me, less, but. <laughs> after unlocking the after, secret meaning yeah more. now now he might be more in, indeed um and his second question is which is more amazing amazing penguin or amazing tater tater uh, <laughs> i will still go with i will go with amazing penguin here because tater is too puzzling Ama- for me amazing tater because i had world record in it once in a while <laughs> sure <laughs> All right. Um, these are not questions. Yeah, Lex asks, why is uh, AP looking at me like that on the JP box art? Well, we uncovered that truth, so... Yeah, we've, we've uncovered the truth. Yeah. Uh, so that that's pretty much it. That was the, the, the last question. So, yeah, there we go. The best part about this episode was that when I... Because I, I chose this, this, this game... It yeah. was my, my turn to choose this game. We had no idea that Limited Run Games was re-releasing this game. At least yeah. I didn't. Indeed, like, like we recorded uh, the outro for the last part. We were like, oh yeah, next episode, Amazing Penguin. And after we do that, we make the new channel in, in our Discord. And like... Of course, we put some memes there because that's just how it goes. <laughs> but then, literally, like the next day, Hero is like, "Oh, have you seen this? They're reprinting Amazing Penguin." Yeah. So I was just uh, like, "Oh, yeah, thank you, Limited Run Games, for listening into our recording sessions." Yeah, appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Now, if you can re-release Trip World, Spud's Adventure, Amazing Tater, Banishing Racer. Uh, <laughs> burning paper. <laughs> um, some of the really hard games to get a hold of. I really actually, I only I own Trip World, so I don't care about Trip World all that yeah, much. Me but, neither. Uh, Zass, um, please, please do Zass. Oh yeah, Zass. That'd be another good one to have as well. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah, no, that's that's all the questions. I, I put yeah, a pretty good all. meme at the end, but. Yeah, no one will get it until they listen to the podcast episode. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, outro. All right, <clears throat> super scripted outro. Here we go. <clears throat> so, if you have any thoughts and suggestions about the podcast, about the episode, actually, I don't want to know your thoughts on the episode. It's it's perfect. So, um. Obviously, you can drop us a line in the Discord. We have a pretty friendly Discord. It's actually been pretty active lately. It's kind of nice to mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. talk with people. It's weird. Um, you can drop a line in Discord and be like, hey, nice job. Or, hey, that ABC guy's an idiot. Like, you should probably put on someone else, which, you know, sorry. Um, <laughs> can't help you on that one, bud. Um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're we're always open to feedback. We want to make the podcast, you know, as as best as we can, um, as entertaining as we can, uh, and still keep it informative to the game as much as we can, uh, just like the True Lies episode. And then, uh, if you don't feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Safe? Sure. Uh, you can always DM one of us on Discord, Twitter, or Twitch, or I think even YouTube as messaging now. But uh, you can find me, <clears throat> E Bloody Candy, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, 
Instagram, TikTok. That's it. At E Bloody Candy. And you can find our fantastic producer legs uh, at uh, Sprinty Legs on Twitch, Sprinty Legs on Twitter, Legs on YouTube, and then her uh, project website, SprintyLegs.com. And where can they find you, Mo? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, uh, and YouTube, uh, all under the same handle, Smoola. It's M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. And uh, also on Instagram. I keep forgetting that I have that. Um, like the Instagram I use for like <laughs> the, the art Instagram stuff. you use like three times. <laughs> yeah, like maybe once a week or something. It, it, it's usually tied to the art I'm making. Um, I usually use Instagram to like do the sketch to final product things uh, stuff like that so um yeah if, if you want to see my art <laughs> go check that out or some other random stuff that i take a picture of like i'm not a huge picture taking guy that's why i don't post that much on it so uh but i that's do cool. use it to put some unique content on it that you won't find on my uh yeah. my other things so I appreciate. I I always like watching start to finish art. Mm-hmm. I I do the same thing on my Instagram too. Whenever I draw, I have a start to finish on mine as well too. I've always appreciate just watching like how it started, how it how it finished. Like if if it's in video or snapshot video or just snapshots in general, I think I I love that. I love watching the progress of that stuff. So, like I I, I looked at your. Uh, your uh, your bubble ghost mm-hmm. uh, shirt, which by the way, go to Mo's Teespring and buy his shirts. They fit really nice. I have two. <laughs> I have I have two of them, and we'll have three of them three, by Monday. Yeah. yeah, I have one myself as a as a test. That was the first one I tested that, uh, which I'm glad I did because I made a little mistake, which I corrected afterwards. Uh, but yeah, apparently okay. they're good shirts. So. That's good. Is that your bird one? The bird one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have turtles, twittles, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have I have that was the first one I got cuz I really like that design. Uh and then I got uh I beat Ninja Gaiden. And then I have the A Ghost shirt coming. A Ghost, yeah. <laughs> bubble Bubble Love it's called, but uh, yeah, it's it's a Bubble Ghost t-shirt like that's the first Game Boy related one that I made uh, for our own. But speaking of shirts, and I'll be sure to do that before this episode comes out, and uh, I'll try and make like a little banner on our website where you can actually find links to all of our social medias and uh, things like that, which is a little bit easier. It's just this is GameBoy.com. But yeah, speaking of shirts, um, we have been trying to do this for quite a while, even though we have the design. <laughs> but like I just keep forgetting to ask uh, mom to to give us the design but I got it now so I will do this right after this recording um, we will make a shirt shop at least starting with shirts where you can get a uh, shirt with our logo on it um, and I might make this thing that you just posted 
in the discords. Oh like, yeah. I think that would be a cool one for for the <laughs> podcast uh, to have because, uh, like, for myself, it it wouldn't make any sense, of course. So you know, it'd uh, be interesting <laughs> for the TIGB shirt. This is definitely off the cuff, and we probably should discuss this off the recording. But I'm going to talk briefly about it on the recording. Is what if we made a quote unquote first edition TIGB shirt where only like the first few people could order one? You know, it'd have like a first edition on the on it somewhere, or like oh, a, you know, right. a first like ed. Yeah. And then after like after, you know, a month or two months or whatever, then it that first edition is just gone and it's just the TIGB just shirt. Just the normal but, one. But the first edition was like that's the legacy right there. That's the that's the that's the loyalty shirt right there. <laughs> the loyalty shirt. I have shirts like that where it's like like backer or right, first right, edition right. or stuff like that, you know, because I backed something or I was, you know, one of the first people to get, you know, said shirt or mm-hmm. toy or whatever. Yeah. It kind of it kind of gives it a, a, a another like a little bit of more meaning to it, right? That's it's true. like oh look at That's look true. at that look at that nerd just walking around with a Game Boy shirt. Mine says first edition. <laughs> it it gets you all the girls. It uh, does. It can, yeah. you can draw them too, like like French people. Yeah, uh, or the boys if you. Or the boys. Yeah, no ju- it will no, get no you judge- anything you want. No judgments here at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah that's that's maybe a good idea but yeah anyways like when this episode comes out we'll uh make it go live or whatever but i'll set it up before then so we can uh finally sell some of the shirts but yeah our design will just be with with our logo on it um which is a good way to support our podcast and getting something in yeah. return. Um, I think that's that's the best way to do something like that at least you have something to wear until the end of time hopefully hockey sweater <laughs> yeah there are no <laughs> hockey sweaters on there that's not an option uh but if you're looking at the thing and you're like oh i i would actually like a mug or something with with the logo on it if you don't want a t-shirt just let me know uh or let us know doesn't matter um like spring it's called now it's not teespring anymore but uh, they do offer a lot of different things you can have the print on so i will look into that but yeah um normally the shirt with a logo on it will be available i think i will do it the same as we do our episodes on soundcloud one being gray and one being green uh i think those are the colors that would just fit because then it's completely like that i think black would not be too great like i can do as many yeah. colors as i want but we'll, we'll like if see you do like a heather like a heather gray or like a charcoal gray and yeah like something like that we'll we'll see when we set it up but yeah that will be available then uh just to support us and it helps us pay the bills and things like that yeah. um if you do not want to buy a shirt but you just want to support us anyways uh, with your sweet sweet money that we can definitely use um we have a patreon of course uh so you can become a patron um and uh you can do that for as much money as you want like we have two tiers right now a one dollar tier and a five dollar tier but of course you can uh 
put any amount to that that you want. And it gives you some benefits on the Discord and it gives you access to some behind the scenes stuff. Like you can access our episode notes where you can actually see that, that entire bit about amazing <laughs> penguin. penguin yeah that was that was just on the fly improvisation and yeah. and not uh, not scripted at all so if you, if you want to see that um but yeah of course patreon is a monthly subscription based uh support system uh if you do not like to do that but want to support us one time without basically getting physical t-shirt in return we also just have a paypal uh which you can access um, through our uh, website again this is gameboy.com very easy to find so yeah if you, if you want to uh, drop us some money through there uh, we definitely appreciate it um, so uh, yeah that's that's about all it if you, you can do, do if you do the paypal route please let one of the three of us know legs myself or mo so we can reward you because we want to do that you know yeah and support us we want to thank you um also if you get to the was it 20 20 a month if we get to 20 a month on patreon yeah we, we do live episodes and you could have saw me in tears laughing about the penguin jokes at the start of this recording <laughs> just imagine you could have saw me laugh crying on stream <laughs> about my amazing penguin jokes <laughs> Yeah, I, like, or you can also just get us to twenty dollars and mention. Please do not do live episodes because I do not want to see that. Like, it doesn't matter to us. Anything goes, really. Yeah, it's true. Anything goes, as we found out in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and if you don't want to support us monetarily, super fine. Just go to the, the wherever you listen to your podcast set, and leave a review, five star review, saying that those penguin jokes were top tier, ten out of ten. I will be using them later with the boys. That's all I got. <laughs> um. Wow. We have a okay. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, we actually have. They'll be able to watch both of our playthroughs because I actually have this up on YouTube. Yeah, I have to replace the thumbnail. God damn it! But it's up on YouTube. Holy, you all, we we spoil you. We spoil you, listeners. I almost <laughs> called you chat. We spoil you, listeners. We uncover the real meaning behind Amazing Penguin. And. You're going to get to watch both of us play Amazing Penguin. And I beat it faster than Mo does, for the record. Wow. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the next time... So the next time you hear from... Well, Mo. Because I'm not going to be a part of this debauchery. You're suck toads. I think I lost Mo. Mo! No, I'm still here. I thought some oh. more was coming. <laughs> I said no. I, I said I was going to be a part of this, this debacle. Like, why am I going to talk about suck toads for? You'll have someone else, though, on podcast with you. Yeah. Um, 
we will see the return, or hear the return, I guess, because you won't see it. Uh, but uh, Grand and Hero will be joining me to talk about uh, Battletoads for Game Boy, uh, which is the original one, not the uh, port of the NES version or the port of Double Dragon Battletoads, but like the, the completely original Battletoads game. The more fun than the others, but still not fun. Battletoads. <laughs> and that's why EBC won't be here for that episode. I will be sitting that episode out because it will literally just be me pissing and moaning about Battletoads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing good to say about the game except for the music, so I really, I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't be a part of that episode, but it requires something bigger than a light. So, and Hero <laughs> and Mo like Battletoads. I'm like, hey, have at it. Y'all do your thing with the stupid frogs, all right? I'm done with them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we surely will. I'm sure you'll talk about rash, pimple, and zits. Absolutely. But yeah, hope to see you people then. Ta-ta. Why are penguins so difficult to get along with? Because they're always fishing for compliments. No. No. (laughs) No. How did the penguin pass their driving test? They winged it. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) Where do penguins keep their money? In a snowbank. Oh my god. <laughs> those those are some of the worst ever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hate all of them. How, how do you get in touch with a penguin? Give him a wing. <laughs> no. No, just no. They are terrible. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you give a penguin that's ill? Some medical treatment. Oh my god. A penguin doesn't even tweet. Like, what? <sighs> oh, no. What do you call a cold penguin? A birdie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who wrote these? Uh, a penguin walks into a bar. The part the bartender looks up and says, "Hey, listen, 
These things don't fly around here. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> why did why didn't the penguin jump off the iceberg? Cause he got cold feet. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> 